allow me to be the first to say, ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho? Well, are we decorating the tree? No, no, no. Well, I thought we moved from scary, scary to Mariah Carey. I thought that this is Christmas. Well, there is that. The countdown is on. Come on. (laughs) Yeah, I think they they defrosted the Mariah Carey cube. Yes. (laughs) It just happens just like that. We were were eating bad candy, and all of a sudden it's, we've got to get the tree up. Come on, it's Christmas time. In fact, we'll spend a few minutes later on tonight and talk about how officially Christmas is coming to Chicago. Mm-hmm. And it happened a little bit today, but it's a whole lot next Saturday. But that's one of the many things we'll talk about tonight. Also, coming up a little later tonight, uh, we will be playing and talking about and giving you uh, a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff about the brand-new last ever new Beatles song. It really is. It came out this week. Mm-hmm. And We're going to talk a, with our buddy Wally Podrajek, who is a Beatles expert. It's crazy, having grown up with the Beatles, to realize when you're listening to it. I actually got emotional the first time I, I heard it. I was like, this, this is for real. This isn't somebody doing you know fancy trickery in a studio. It's really their voices. And we'll tell you all about how that happened later on tonight and i have an opinion that uh wally may disagree with i'm it's i might be too. interesting well i can tell you by your may. look you may yeah. be walking home tonight <laughs> <laughs> also a little later tonight uh we're going to talk with steve barnes uh, from the better business bureau a lot of scams that you need to be aware of uh we will tell you what they are and why you need to be aware of and tom appel publisher of consumer guide automotive will be joining us and uh, we, we have some other tricks up our sleeve. but uh, Including this whole business of falling back. And, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're going to fall back. And, um, yes, we had a shorter show tonight because of the Blackhawks. And woohoo, yay, Blackhawks. Great win today. But it's uh, not as short, short as, as it could have been. been. Right. Thanks to this ridiculous notion that we have to change the clock. But we'll talk all about that later on tonight, too. And, by the way, we should tell everybody that we are in Panama City, Florida. We're broadcasting high atop the Charles Hilton Center for Advanced Technology and Hospitality Management at Gulf coast state college in panama city florida we are in the studios of wkgc fm and we have behind the board tonight caleb jordan he's engineering for us hey caleb howdy it's good to have you here and then we have doing a little check ride tonight learning the ropes is Ms. becca stark and that's right. Wave to us on the radio. Yeah, Hello. Wave to us. Hi, I wasn't sure if I was like. Becca comes from TV, so she's waving. Hi. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> By day, Becca, you work at WMBB TV, right? Yes, I work as a. Uh, uh, a production assistant. Yeah. All right. Yes. In fact, we have. Um, uh, I mentioned to you off the air that mm-hmm. uh, one of your own. Uh, has a brother that listens to us, and he just checked in tonight. Ryan said, "I'm listening," and I said, "Well, we have one of your sister's former colleagues. It's 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 very convoluted. Trust me. Stick around. Not we'll, a little bit. We'll connect all the dots for you tonight." <laughs> and uh, our listeners met Amy Hoyt the last mm-hmm. time we were down here. That's right, uh, Amy, who has been an anchor with uh, WMBB for for many years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also back in Chicago, we have uh, Bob Fakuda, who is. Uh, uh, the keeper of the big plug. Bob, how are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing all right. Yeah. Are you thrilled that you get to do that one o'clock hour? Oh, yeah. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. 
it's like Back to the Future. That's right. Deja I'm not. All, all over, over again. again. <laughs> Gabe, you're happy to stick around for another hour. You love your job. I think you called me Gabe again. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought, it, I, you know, I... So you look sorry. alike on the radio. You do. You, <laughs> I have scary. hair. <laughs> okay, the fight will break out during a commercial yeah. break. <laughs> and that, of course, is Julian. Hey, Julian, I know you've had a long day, and I forgive me, you were using a a different voice. I can't come up with a better excuse. <laughs> I can always way, do this for us. If you want to see uh, a little bit of what our drive was, you can go to the Steve and Johnny Facebook page, mm-hmm. and Johnny posted some pictures there, and the page address is facebook.com slash Show, and you will see some of the pictures that Johnny posted of our ride in, and then some of the uh, the things we saw once we entered the complex. And I'm not asking you to vote for whether you like the Chicago pictures better than you like the Florida pictures. Because <laughs> some of you feel compelled to tell me, well, these aren't as nice as, well, we don't have a skyline here. We don't have a lot of white but, uh, but light I think noise. I think they are at least as nice in a different way. Yes. It's a whole different perspective. And uh, um, they're not as artistic as I try to be when we're driving along Lakeshore Drive because we're typically driving a little slower because of the flow of traffic. But here I'm just kind of holding on and, and just snapping away. And, and I, I think I got some pretty interesting ones of the campus here yeah. and the Hathaway Bridge with that gorgeous lighting underneath the bridge, that blue lighting. But check it out on our Facebook page. You'll see what I'm talking about. Okay. But I want to say hi to Ron Brown, who's in the newsroom. We did not say hi to Ron. See, I was going to say hi to you, Ron. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought maybe you saw me uh, waving, but I wasn't sure. <laughs> Thank I'm you, Ron. Waving, yeah. <laughs> Do you know why, and maybe you don't, and forgive me for blindsiding you with this, do you know why the um, why Northwestern was playing at Wrigley Field today? Uh, it's just a, a no. <laughs> <laughs> Thank I mean, you. It's just, okay. It's just fun. I mean, I, I, there oh, wasn't was any great. special occasion. Yeah, and, and, oh, and it, it looked, looked great. Oh, it did. And Adam Phillips, engineer extraordinaire, was uh, posting pictures from the field, and it looked like the weather was terrific. You know, maybe light jacket weather, but it was actually a really nice November day to be playing that game at Wrigley Field. And it's kind of hard to fit that football field inside the baseball park. But they did it, and they did it right, and hopefully they can do it again. I mean, the Bears used to play there, and and there's not a lot of room for error. You know, you can run into brick walls and stuff. (laughs) Run into the the drying ivy on the wall. A lot lot of people don't remember, but but was it back when it was the Chicago Cardinals that they used to play at Wrigley Field? When the Bears, too. The Bears, too. I think they had some kind of an agreement uh, with the Wrigleys uh, that they would play there. Uh, Yeah. And... uh, they just did. They didn't. Was, I mean, Soldier Field was available for all that time. They just played yeah. at Wrigley so that they could, uh, I guess, uh, split the the gate proceeds. And oh, right, it, right. You know, it made for a, you know a good experience for the fans. But you know, in today's game, where even Soldier Field is small, I think it's one of the mm-hmm. smallest yeah. uh, in the in the NFL. There's no way that can happen on a regular basis. Okay, so should we start the rumor that Wrigley Field is in the <laughs> running uh, as the replacement for Soldier Field? Oh, no, no, I no. I think that's great. Go ahead. Uh, you know, put it out on Twitter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, speaking of games, uh, Bob Fakuda, who is uh, mastering the, the big plug tonight, he's keeping us on the air. Bob, you are actually working your other gig Thursday night. The Bears will be playing, right? Yep. Carolina Panthers on Amazon Prime. 
Yeah. Now, um, is Vegas excited about this game, or should I even <laughs> ask? I don't know. I, I, it's 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 a it, it, the bear. It's a possibility with the Bears being two and six, you know, versus the yeah. the one and you know seven uh, uh, Carolina Panthers. Ouch! That just doesn't sound good for either team. Got to be a and, real fan to watch and listen to that game. You really do. Yeah. Yeah. Or make it a drinking game. You make it, turn it into a fun night, right? Well, a Thursday that, night. If you want it to be fun, then every time they have to punt, you drink. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, by, the, by halftime, you're out. You're yeah. asleep. You're, you're ready you're, to go to work. You're completely blind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But either way, so. Hamp and OB will have something to say about it. That's oh, don't you fun. know it? Yes. 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 And uh, that will probably be the most exciting thing on Thursday night. Microphones will melt. Yes. So, Bob, when you're doing a game like that on Thursday night, uh, after the game, do you have to hang around to like sweep the floors and stuff? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a, a good two or three hours. I think it takes to to do all the stuff. You know, checking really? in with all the broadcasters and, and writing reports. Yeah. Oh my gosh! So, <laughs> can, can you share with the class? Because you told us one time uh, how many uh, microphones you're responsible for for setting up with the game. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's supposed to be you know it, it, in round numbers. There's going to be in the neighborhood of a hundred and some frequencies. Whoa, that's a lot of responsibility. Over a hundred frequencies for the guy, and that's just so they can all communicate with each other and with the and, yeah. ships at sea. Yep. Well, you know what? I don't feel so bad about that extra hour tonight. <laughs> you just got us to worry about. <laughs> yeah, this right? is like standing on my head compared to the other thing. <laughs> I'm going to remind you of that too. <laughs> Uh, I've been told the Chicago Cardinals played at Comiskey Park, spelled with a K. Yes, um, Ken spelled Comiskey with a K. I thought both the Bears and the Cardinals played at Wrigley Field at one point. Back when the Bears were the Cardinals? I mean, I I don't know which, of what you speak. Back before football was invented. I don't <laughs> <Okay>. know. <laughs> we're making up history up. here as we go along. <laughs> Thank you. You know, there's a, there's a story that Butkus used to tell about playing at Wrigley Field. That Hallis was so cheap that they didn't have nets for the field goal for the field goals yeah. and extra points, so they used to send Butkus into the stands <laughs> to get the footballs back from the fans because they're forty five dollars each and they didn't want to no. spend the money. Oh yeah, he yeah. said he had to wrestle the fans to get the balls back. Who would, who would say no to Dick Butkus? That's what I really? want. Really? Yeah, and who, who would want to wrestle Dick Butkus? Exactly. And and you've got stories growing up on the South Side with, oh, yeah. the, with the Budkus boys. I, I went to uh, South Shore High School, and uh, Dick would get together with his cousin, whose name is jumped out of my head. And they would be anytime they were on Seventy First Street, you would scatter. <laughs> you did not want to get in between anything that was going on with with Dick Butkus and his cousin. The Butkus boys. <laughs> and there was a pool hall uh, right off of 71st and Jeffrey that they used to hang out at. And, uh, and was, the rest will be in the book? Yeah. As they say? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Some of it will be in the book. <laughs> All right. Yes. We've got a lot of ground to cover tonight. We hope that you will stay with us. And yes, we will be doing that... Um, that you know that other hour of that one o'clock thing twice tonight. In fact, be thinking about when we get to the uh, to the second one o'clock hour. Be thinking about stories. If you 
did anything that involved you having to work that extra hour? If you have any stories. Johnny and I have some stories. We do. And if you uh, were one of the people that ever had to work that extra hour and you have some tales you would like to share, just be the And you can call, you can text, mm-hmm. whatever. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll get to some of those stories a little later. And, again, you can get to us at 312-981-7200, 312-981-7200. And we'll have questions uh, for our guests coming up. So stay with us here on WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman of WGN Radio taking care of business, uh, talking about the uh, the scams you need to avoid. Yes, we're talking about things like having your identity stolen. Steve Burness is with us. He's president and chief executive officer at the Better Business Bureau of Chicago and Northern Illinois. There's so much for us to talk about tonight. We've been joking about the fact that tonight is a night when we get to do the one o'clock hour over again because, of course, our clocks fall back. And there's something that the Better Business Bureau is recommending that we do tonight because it's just something that we should all be doing on a regular basis and that's check our credit report right steve right johnny i think most people don't realize you should check your report at least once a year if not twice a year uh, the rules have changed recently the ftc now allows it to, ch- to check free of charge on a weekly basis now it's just a matter of, it's not a matter of if uh, johnny it's a matter of when you'll become a victim of identity theft and that's the first way to, uh, to determine if you are a victim in some way. And make sure that you look at your children's uh, credit reports because they're, they're also susceptible to being victimized by identity thieves as well. All right. Is there a problem if I check my credit report every week? Does that red flag to someone that I'm nervous about something? Not at all, Johnny. They expect you now to do this. The FTC has now granted it access into your credit reports on a weekly basis if needed. Um, you don't have to do it weekly, but you should do at least twice a year, and especially when you're changing the clock, it's a good time to remember. And mm-hmm. It's very important, and there's one website to go to, and it's www.annualcreditreport.com. All the other commercials with jingles and all the snazzy music, uh, those are the ones that charge you. This one, you go directly into it, and it's, uh, it's recommended by the FTC, put together by them, and there's three credit reporting agencies. You can get your credit report from them. And I really want to reemphasize that because a lot of people think, oh, okay, I'm going to do this, but I have to pay a fee. No, you do not have to pay anything. This is free, and you can do it uh, as often as you want to. And, uh, Steves, I want to mention that I, uh, having read that the FTC was offering this, I went to Google, and I typed in free credit report, and beware there are about four or five sites that come up before you get to the legitimate annualcreditreport.com. And those four or five sites will give you one free report. But after that, they expect you to pay. And it's not cheap. I think one of them was like 20 bucks a month. I Wow. <laughs> There are a lot of these are services, not just credit report checking. So they actually provide you a service like an insurance policy that you pay a fee, they'll get you to credit report on a monthly basis where you can get yourself free of charge. So it's important for consumers to always follow, uh, go right to the website directly of a company. It's always safer that way than going through Google sometimes because you never know those sponsored listings on top. And sometimes there's one keystroke difference and you can end up on a different site. So, Mm -hmm. and we're also asking consumers to freeze their credit reports too i think that's important for consumers do if they haven't uh, thought about doing that and it doesn't it sounds scary john and steve but it's not it's really just putting a hold on your credit reports 
with all three agencies until such time you need it, then you can unfreeze it free of charge, and then uh, you can do your business and refreeze it at the end. It's just uh, identity th- uh, theft is is rampant, and I've been a victim of identity theft three times in my life. And wow. and you know, previous Attorney General Lisa Madigan was a victim too previously. So you can't stop it; it's just going to happen. So take all the measures you can. Well, let, let me hold you on this for a second. Uh, what is the advantage to freezing your credit report? How does that stop someone from getting in and doing bad stuff? Well, the, when you freeze your credit report, you'll get a four-digit code for to, un, to to freeze your credit report so that somebody can't have it just pulled, so you can't go into XYZ store and open a credit card because it will stop them and say the credit re- uh, report is frozen and you need the, the, the password to unfreeze it. So uh, somebody can't, I mean, it's not a complete guarantee you won't, your identity won't be stolen, but it's helpful in people not opening accounts in your name or your social security number. But Steve, a listener wants to know if you freeze your, your credit report and you're, you're, you're going to make one of those impulse buys, can you immediately unfreeze it, or is there a period of time before your report will be opened up again? You could immediately unfreeze. It just takes a little little bit of time, but it's the impulse uh, buying that you should not have problems with. Um, but <laughs> so they, if you're ready to buy this. that car and, and you're sitting there and you go, oh, that's right, I froze my report. Maybe it'll give you a few minutes to think about whether you're making think the right it. decision. Buyer's remorse, exactly. <laughs> right. But 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 that's also a good way to make sure that a salesman doesn't rush you into something. That's oh, true. I'm sorry, I have to unfreeze Freeze my Wyatt. credit report. So <laughs> yeah. sit there, have a cup of coffee, and let right. me think about this. Yeah, yeah. So um, right. again, I want to repeat because uh, we got everybody's attention. We're suggesting that you go ahead and take advantage of this free credit report check at annualcreditreport.com. And um, the Better Business Bureau says a great way to remember to do this a couple times of the year is when you change your clock. Also, take the time to do that. And uh, I know the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to freeze our credit report because I've never even considered doing that. And again, to answer the question that is coming in, the um, website that you go to to check your credit through the FTC, that's the annualcreditreport.com. And Steve, uh, tonight, Steve and I are surrounded by 20-somethings, and we had an interesting conversation off the air before showtime about what age group is most vulnerable to scams these days. And the Better Business Bureau has some interesting information along those lines, right? Yeah, we just issued a research study this uh, this week, actually. It shows people 18 to 24 reported losing more money to scams than the older age group or the elderly generation for the first time in a, in a long time. Uh, yeah. It's usually the elderly uh, generation, unfortunately, but now it's the, uh, the younger generation are losing more, uh, losing more money than before. How- what is your best guess about... About why? Because the, the traditional thinking is, oh yeah, the, the older people who aren't as savvy, but those the, those youngins, boy, they know all that stuff on the interweb, and they they don't have to worry about their stuff. So what's happening? Well, they think they know it all, like we did when we were eighteen and twenty-four as well. <laughs> uh, but really, they're just online purchases. I mean, that's all they do is everything's online, and they tend not to do the research on the organization itself, or may read those fake reviews of a, on a particular website and not ask for help. And as kids, we all thought we knew it all, uh, you know, like I said before. But unfortunately, it's not the case, and they just 
they're just falling victim to different types of scams. So the number one scam, you know, for the younger generation is employment scams. And, oh. and you're saying, how does that work? Well, they're basically, they, they, they have their resume or, or searching for jobs. And what happens is they uh, you get a call or an email from this person and they go through the, the interview process and then they get and they go through four or five people and they get the job and they say, you're going to make $100,000 a year. You don't need experience. Well, we need your social security number and your bank routing number and all this stuff oh. for your application. And and it's not a real job. And uh, there's just too trustworthy, I think, Steve and Johnny. It's, it's unfortunately that there's uh, bad actors out there and you learn from your mistakes, but... Now with the, uh, you know, since the pandemic, uh, these scams are just going through the roof. We have, as you know, we have Scam Tracker mm-hmm. that keeps track of scams all across North America, and the numbers keep exploding each and every year, uh, the scammers. And it's just, it's a worldwide issue. It's not just a local problem. It's happening all over the world, scams. But we have people here in, in, our, in our city and our state that are getting victimized quite regularly. I, I I think this whole concept of somebody applying for a job and just being absolutely elated because they get the job, that's such a heartbreaking story than mm-hmm. to find out you've lost what little that you have and you didn't get the job either. That's just, that's so maddening. And there really are a lot of bad people out there. And I think we should take a, a few minutes, Steve, and talk about the fact that For example, if you are active on Facebook, one of the many social media options available to you, and something happens and it looks like your Facebook page has been compromised, now all of a sudden you get these people that are telling you, contact Joe or contact Steve or contact Johnny. They will save you. They'll get you out of this mess. Is that legit, Steve? Unfortunately, it's not. The only people that can help in your lockdown is actually the uh, the Facebook or the whatever website you're basically on or social media sites. And a lot of people do call us and tell us their account's been locked. Either you know they think that something's wrong with the account, or there's something that you may have said or done, or, or somebody's hijacked your account. And trying to get it back is very difficult. Mm-hmm. So people get you know they because all their pictures are on there, and some businesses you know get their Facebook page locked or you know Twitter or whatever it may be. So they try anything, and they see go online, and and they put everything in Google, and they just see this. Hey, we can help you out. Uh, unfortunately, just because they're on Google doesn't mean they're safe either, because it takes quickly to put an ad uh, up there on Google uh, before you know it, and you can you hit that first link, and you're thinking it's truly a link, it's a sponsored text, and you end up on a nefarious website that can control your 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 you know your computer. They can you know. To put malware and spam on there and lock it up. And, and we talked about this many times, but it was about seven years ago, the police department in the south suburbs, you know, they, they did this and they got their computers locked up. They had to pay the ransomware to get their police files yeah. back. Mm-hmm. So, and I, and I know a law firm who just paid a million dollars to get their uh, law firm files back from a wow. scammer, too. So, it's, wow. it's just crazy out there. Out, you know, just don't click on those links. It's getting to a point, please. Go to the website directly. Don't click on links and don't answer your phones. Let it go to voicemail. <laughs> That's you know, right. If you bad. don't recognize the number, don't answer it. And, right. and one of the things that, that I think a lot of people need to do is just pause. Don't react quickly to anything. And I'll give you one example. Uh, a lot of people have been receiving messages on Facebook that look very, very legitimate that say, okay, 
Uh, the the uh, Facebook um, has now decided that your account is no longer blah, 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 whatever. You've broken the rules. Your content is offensive. But or- if you click on this link, and we will help you, do not click on that link. Pause. Great. Take a breath. But it looks legitimate. It's really scary because I kept saying, but we haven't done anything offensive. Why would they want to shut us down? And Steve says, slow down. You didn't click on anything. I said, oh, of course I didn't. But why would they want to shut us down? But, but again, my, my point is don't react quickly. Yeah. Right. Because I think a lot of the scams are successful because people see something that scares them, yep. gets their emotions going, and, oh, i got to react quickly. No, you do not. Yeah. Take a breath. Exactly. We get that 30-minute rule, Steve. If you have to do something in 30 minutes, that could be the tip-off to the rip-off. And the only thing you should do in 30 minutes is buy a pizza. And the rest is doing the research on the organization or the caller itself. And you're right. They call you up and they say, you know, Steve and Janet, we just put it, we just have a $795 charge to your credit card. Mm-hmm. You bought a TV. Thank you for buying a TV. Well, I didn't buy the TV. Well, give us your credit card and we'll reverse the charges. Yeah. And then that's a scammer. So it's, it's just getting, it's getting real bad out there in terms of identity theft and, and scams. And it's just, I've been doing it, like I said, for 36 years. I've never seen it so, so bad out there in terms of scams. Well, the, and speaking of scams, Johnny and I were talking a little earlier that the, uh, the Christmas season is upon us. And with the Christmas season and the holidays come holiday scams. And again, you really, really need to take a beat and be aware of what's going on. So what are some of the holiday scams that, uh, that are on your radar now? Well, it's a perennial problem at returning to the holidays. Obviously, people are buying in a gift-giving mood and shopping. And then you get to, it first starts with the Black Friday sales. We're seeing that already. You're seeing companies online in stores that are already talking about Black Friday sales. So, you know, there's a lot of fake websites out there. So not only there's some bad businesses, but there's also, you know, fake and fraudulent websites and that they look like legitimate websites. Like you said, Johnny, they just copy and paste a, a real website, so it looks like that. So the key is researching before you buy and, uh, you know, look around and make sure if the offer seems too good to be true, it, it usually is. We used to say probably. Now it's getting to a point it usually is mm-hmm. uh, because people, you know, quickly make a purchase. They don't think about it or do any research. And we had one study last year. Uh, 65% of the victims that particular year uh, did not have an intention of buying a product that day. They were, you know, bamboozled by the marketing ads that they get and all the pretty pictures, and they clicked on the link and they bought something that was fraudulent. So 65% of the people wow. were not buying anything, you know, but they did because they saw the ad. I'm depressed. I mean, there's yeah. a, a lot of really bad people out there. And we we need to take a moment, Steve Burnus, and clarify here because we've had a couple of texts. And I'm just going to go to 630 uh, text. It says, I, I, I thank you for this topic. I, and I need a, I need you to clarify about freezing a credit report. Does that mean that I cannot use my credit card when my account my my report is frozen i thought that you meant no one could open any new accounts but it sounds a lot like i would not be able to use my credit cards unless i unfreeze them can you please clarify that 
oh, of course you can use your credit card. It has nothing to do with your credit cards. or It's a, actually opening up new accounts or buying a vehicle, buying a home, the type where they need to pull your credit report and doing that. So, yes, you're safe with anything like that. And everything is explained on that website of unfreezing and freezing. And it used to be a charge for that, and the charge was taken away because we wanted more people. Not we. The government wanted more people mm-hmm. to uh, to freeze their credit reports easily and unfreeze it. But it's very simple to do, and you can use your credit cards anytime. It doesn't affect that at all. Okay. And again, it's worth repeating that. A listener says, I froze my credit report during COVID because I received a debit card and someone had applied for government money in my name. I froze TransUnion because I thought uh, they were responsible for my info being approved for a loan. And I don't know what I did with the PIN. I haven't checked that credit report because it's frozen. Will it be frozen forever if I don't have my PIN number? Oh, that's a that's a, a tough place to be. Mm-hmm. That is a tough place to debate. There is a way to get into it without the, having the PIN number. It's very hard to do because, obviously, they got to make sure it's you. But, yes, you're not forever locked out. There's a way of getting into it. But, again, don't be frightened, as you said, because i, I got to be honest with you, Steve. I, I was a little scared at the whole concept of freezing my credit report. But the more you talk about it's not if, it's when your your, yeah. your identity is going to be compromised. Right. I'm like, that's the first thing I'm doing tomorrow. I'm going to wake up and I'm going to do that. Because, again, you can unfreeze it and it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. And then the bad guys have a tougher time getting in to, to compromise whatever your history is. Yeah, the name sounds ominous, but it's not. It's really simple to do and easy to undo. A listener wants to know if locking your credit report is different than freezing your credit report. Locking is a little bit different. Uh, Actually, freezing prevents anybody from opening it. Locking prevents anybody from looking at it. It's a little bit of a difference, but not much. Uh, But it's best. I think everybody uses a freeze feature now, and that seems to work best. I think we we really touched a, a nerve here with this whole whole business of identity theft and um, freezing your account. And also, I do need to repeat, and I will I will type an answer to folks uh, who are texting us at three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred to get your free credit report. Go to annualcreditreport.com, dot com, and I'll tell you from my own experience. When you go to that site, if you go to Google first and you put that in, you're going to get a bunch of sites before you get to the legitimate one. You're looking for the FTC, the real deal, not one that's going to charge you after you get one free report. And you don't want to get sucked into giving somebody a credit card so that they can charge you every month for a report. You want the one that's absolutely free from the FTC. Thankfully, we've got Steve Burness, who is the President and Chief Executive Officer of the Better Business Bureau of Chicago and Northern Illinois with us. You can go to the BBB.org and get answers to some of these questions we've covered tonight. But we've kept Steve late because he gets an extra hour. You know, right. <laughs> you get you get this time yeah. back tonight, so I don't feel so guilty, Steve. Uh, I'll be subject, listening to you tonight, so I'll be up. So, <laughs> oh, well, good, good. On the subject of credit reports, a two two four area code said, if you freeze your credit report, can you still check it every month? Yes, you can. You can check every week. Actually, it's allowed. But I always want to clarify before credit locks are usually done through offered part of an expanded paid service. So, mm-hmm. credit freezing does better uh, than credit locking because you don't have to pay for it or part of a right. service. And when you click on those other ads, you get all those companies that can help you and then they charge you. So stay away from those and go directly annualcreditreport.com yourself. Key that in 
don't follow links and you'll be safe and, and take in. But again, you have to put your social security number in. So you got to make sure you're on the right website because they're going to ask right. you your social security number and you have to put it in there, unfortunately. But you do not have to put in a credit card for them to hold it because they don't want it. They're never going to charge you. If you're at one of those places, you're at the wrong place because exactly. those people will charge you. They'll give you that free one and then they will charge you. Right. All right. They'll On charge the subject, you and they'll charge you again. Uh, yes. Um, let's go to line one. And Penny, you are also on this subject of credit reports. Hey, Penny. Hi there. I Hi. wanted to know, my husband and I have credit card in both our names, but it's the only card we have. How do I freeze both of them then? But I freeze Were they both your credit report and one account? It's your credit report. It's not your credit cards. So you're just freezing your right, credit report. Right, but if I, but if I want to check on both of those, do I freeze both of them? Like oh, so in you, my yeah. name and his? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for the help. Thank you, Penny. I think what we were doing is we we're kind of, and that's happening with some of the text, two people are saying credit card when they mean their credit report, which is the right. the bigger picture. Right? Right. Okay. Yes, it is a bigger picture. Yep. Uh, listeners also want to know, uh, you mentioned that there's a, um, a a place on the Better Business Bureau site where they can find out more about scams. you want to tell us specifically how to find that, Steve? Yeah, it's under bbb.org slash scam tracker, and that keeps track of all the scams across North America. And we have a list of the scams that are currently happening in your area as well. Uh, so it's important for consumers to do the research ahead of time. Like Steve said, don't do jump on things right away. Don't do things right away. Do the research. There's so much information out there. And unfortunately, people always fall victim when they just don't do the research. But they'll do all the research after, and then they realize they've been scammed. If they would have done it first, they wouldn't have been scammed. Yeah, a lot of people are getting into sports betting now. That has become that all summer long. As we were watching uh, some of the Sox games, yeah, we really watched the Sox games. Uh, but just about every other spot break, they would be advertising some sort of sports gaming site. Has that become fodder for a lot of scams? It has two things. One is actually that the fake uh, companies are creating it, and they think that you're dealing with a reputable uh, site, and you're giving them all this information, place the bets, and you realize it's not when you try to collect. So you got to be very careful on that side. And the second part is some never, every site is different, uh, so you have to be careful on which one you sign up for, and you've got to read the small print. The big print will give us, and the little print takes take it away and so many people don't realize you know uh that they by reading that small print it's like changes uh, certain things and more charges and things of that nature so you've got to do your research and you know people are alleging they're being scammed by these companies but again there's good ones out there there's bad ones out there you got to do the research and read the fine print you have said so many things tonight that i could see on a t-shirt you know, I'm like, yeah, we need that on a T-shirt to remind us just to slow down and not do these things so that we become victims. I love that. The large print right. giveth and the small print, print taketh, taketh away. Taketh away. <laughs> right. Okay. We're talking with Steve Burness. Uh, Julian, let's go to line three and bring Irene from Niles up. And she also wants to talk about a credit card company. Is that right, Irene? Well, it's really a company that was, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Jackie Lawson. They're a card company that sells like Mm -hmm. greeting cards over the phone and stuff and over the Internet and stuff. Many years ago, I did subscribe to them 
And then I never even used them, and I canceled all the subscription. I haven't heard from them in years. All of a sudden, I'm getting solicitations from them showing me, you know, there's new cards. You can look at them and see if you want to. You can subscribe again and again. All of a sudden, I opened up one of the cards. I forgot what reason it was, just to see what it was like, to see if they changed their format. All of a sudden, I got my uh, my charge card statement, and there's a $30 charge from Jackie oh. Lawson. Wow. I tried to get my uh, I tried to get my um, the the bank that has my credit card. Well, they can they send me to the fraud department, and what they can do is they can put in a fraud thing, and then they can send me a new card. But I don't want a new card. Yep. All I want to do is get my money back. And yep. they tell me they can do that if it's a banking deal, but not if it's a credit deal. I've so been I there. Told, yeah, I I've, I've been there. I tried, Go I tried to Google that. Jackie Lawson, and mm-hmm. they're not even on the internet. And anything you want to communicate with them, there's no phone number, there's no address. Mm-hmm. The only thing you can do is through the computer. You have to ask your questions on the computer, and they will answer you on the computer. Okay, let the, let, uh, Steve, do you have a comment on this? Well, I don't know the company specifically, but you can check out the report on any company worldwide through the BBB.org. But if you do have a problem, you like you said, contact your credit card company. They should dispute the charge with you and work with you on that. If not, you can file a formal complaint with the Better Business Bureau, and we resolve about 85% of our complaints that are brought to our attention. And, and Irene, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. So just continue uh, to contact your credit card company because they're going to be your friend and advocate and continue to talk to the management there and ask if you can dispute this charge because you, they charged you uh, uh, on a fraudulent matter like you alleged. By the way, one other thing I wanted to get to because uh, Medicare open enrollment is open, I believe, through the uh, 7th of December. December. And aren't there a lot of scams that are uh, circling around that too? It happens all the time, Steve. You're right. Uh, people say they'll call you, text you, email you, saying they can help you sign up for these programs, or we're calling you for Medicare. Medicare doesn't answer their phones. So how they can, they're not going to be calling you, <laughs> offering to help you sign up. Uh, so anybody calls you up so they can help you in any way, please don't believe them and just deal with Medicare, Medicare directly. Go to their website. I know it's going to be you know, hard to do because they sometimes don't answer their phones like consumers tell us, but they will eventually answer their phones and eventually help you in some way. But anybody offering that, you know, some tips that can help you or streamline the process, don't believe them. That's the tip off to the roof off, Steve. Well, I actually did have very good luck by dealing with Medicare and Social Security by setting up an account with both of those uh, government entities, Mm -hmm. and they communicated very quickly with me, answered my questions. I felt very confident that I was getting the right information, and I just never attempted to make a phone call because I figured I didn't want to waste a day. So (laughs) I was going to sit around and try to get a hold of somebody. Uh, Let me quickly add here that Dave from Oak Park says, I often get messages saying to let me know that I have a UPS package that has been delivered and the address is not complete he says whatever you do not do not click on those links he said and i i get those quite often yep. that i have a package is waiting for me but i need to fill in the information he says all of you please be careful that is yet another scam and when you get some of these emails before you click on or open anything look at the header for the emails yes so many times you will see that this email that came to you supposedly from jc penny it looks like you sent it to you. 
And that should be a tip-off right there. A tip-off. No off. scam email. There's the T-shirt, the tip-off to the rip-off. <laughs> be aware. And the company's, the company's not going to respond to you in, the, in Gmail either. So a lot of those scams come from Gmail accounts. You're yes. saying they're calling mm-hmm. from JCPenney's or whatever, and the person is from Gmail. They don't do that. <laughs> Well, uh, back to Irene's call about uh, Jackie Lawson that used to have a credit card, uh, excuse me, a greeting card company. And I also received this because 100 years right. ago, I, I thought that would be fun to sign up for that, but I never paid any money. A listener suggested maybe those addresses have been sold or stolen. And as a result, the people who used to be customers are now being yeah. targeted. And yeah, it's very frustrating. What would you like to leave our listeners with tonight, Steve Burnus? I just want consumers to do the research on organizations and companies for doing business and don't click on those links at all. Like I think Dave from Oak Park said, is don't click on the links. Go to the company's website directly if you think it's from the company itself. It could save you a lot of time. And if you see a scam, report it to the Better Business Bureau, even if you don't fall victim to it, so we can help prevent this from happening to others. And we also refer latency. So we talk about bad businesses all the time. There's uh, thousands of businesses out there uh, that are good and reputable. And we want consumers to feel free to deal with those types of companies. We refer latency. You can go to BB website and find businesses you can trust and look for the BBB seal, which is a sign of a better business. Amen. Thank you so much for staying up late with us tonight. Thanks a bunch, Steve. We really appreciate it. Enjoy your extra hour. Yes, make the most of that extra (laughs) hour. (laughs) Thanks, Steve. More coming up at WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. Uh, Could it be possibly time for a few shout-outs? It is time for our shout-outs. And by the way, if you don't know what we're talking about, you can tell us who you are and how you're listening to us and where you're listening to us from by simply going to our Facebook page, and you can click on the uh, show post that tells you what's coming up, or you can click on the post that shows you pictures of our trip into work on a given night. And tonight's pictures were from Panama City Beach into mm-hmm. Panama City, Florida. All right. I want to say hello to Michelle Meyer, who's tuned in. And she got a giggle from us because we were a little confused about the extra hour. Brian Lefevre is a top fan from Bridgeport. Uh, Sharon Malone is tuned in in Kenosha. Linda Moeller is our listener in Turpin, Oklahoma. Chuck Snitchler from Hobart, Indiana. No longer Boobart, Indiana. Elaine Hostrom is in Rockford. Judy B is tuned in in Oakland. Jean Jacobson in Milwaukee. Donna Youngheim is tuned in. A lot of folks are excited about this new Beatles record. Yeah. And they're going to hear it and hear the backstory about it tonight. John Couture is listening in Warren, Michigan on the iHeart app. Nancy Hollins is tuned in in Arizona. Is Sumone, forgive me, but listening in Tarpon Springs uh, on TuneIn. Peter Jakubowicz is in Citrus County, Florida, listening on his Sea Crane Wi-Fi 3 radio. Great radios. And he's way down there in Florida, too. Celine Ellers is listening. Uh, Bobby Danos, our buddies, tuned in on his AM-FM clock radio, listening to WGN. Thank you, Bobby, out from, in Samich. From Samich, Illinois. Yep. Rita Raggi, Raggi. Forgive me. She's in Fort Worth, Texas tonight. Lloyd Moncrief is in Ottawa. Mary Gold in Tinley Park. Ron Oltman in Sycamore. Let's see. we got Bonnie in Grays Lake. And Dorothy's in West Allison. Diane Vasquez in Crete. And Sharon is in Moore 
Morris in Helens in Kenosha and Carrie Johnson's in Palm Coast, Florida. Gil Gross is tuned in in Santa hey, Fe, New Mexico. Thank you for tuning in, Gil. He says, I can even do the news if you want. I know you can, Gil. Used to work with Gil uh, years ago, he back did. at the Once Big 89. Nancy Witt is in uh, Milwaukee listening on the old fashioned way. Uh, Chuck Snitchler uh, sent us a picture. Thank you, Chuck. Uh, Richard Vanna. And he's one of our regular listeners in New Buffalo. Norb Rosansky's in Aurora. Karen May, Audrey Carroll's, and uh, Don's in Kalamazoo. Eric Baum is in Wells Beach, Maine, tuned in tonight. Lester Clyden is driving the big truck in Liberty, Missouri. He said he was getting a lot of hash on the radio, so he turned the truck. Oh, that was just us. Well, no, actually, all he had to do was turn the truck and face it toward Kansas City, and we come in much better now. Okay. Just that simple. Of course, they don't understand that on the road that he turned around just so he yeah. could get better reception. But um, especially since he's blocking the road he now. Is, but. Yes, Ryan Dalbus is in Elburn. Diane Kappas is in Prospect Heights. So William Timler in New Berlin, Wisconsin, and Liz Holland in Naperville. And if I missed you, I'll catch you next week. You can uh, text us, or if you want to give us a call, three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. Coming up after midnight. We're going to be talking with our friend Tom Appel, the publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive. Also, a little later, as Johnny mentioned, um, we're going to be playing the brand new last ever Beatle song. And it's real. It's not some yeah. fakey, somebody went into a studio and used artificial intelligence to patch together a new song. The backstory is really fascinating. Yeah. And I'm not kidding when I say, as a, as a person who grew up with the Beatles, I found myself getting emotional as I was listening to it. And there's a 12-minute movie that gives you the backstory mm-hmm. on it. And it's really, really cool because it's beautifully edited where it's them then and then Paul and Ringo now. And, oh, I'm telling you, it'll pull on your heartstrings. Yep. But our Beatleologist, Wally. Wally Podrajek, who has written umpteen books on the Beatles. Yep, yep. He'll be joining us, and he, uh, we'll, we'll talk about it, uh, let you know the backstory, and, and let you hear it. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, we're going to talk a little Christmas, because isn't everybody talking Christmas these days? I think we're like 54 days from Christmas. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to start decorating, you know, put away the, the ghouls and the ghosts in <laughs> the... But I enjoyed the ghouls and the ghosts. I did too, but we will we'll pull out all the stops once again this year. Um, we also post pictures, so trust me, you'll be seeing many, many pictures of all of the things that we'll be doing over the next few weeks that are holiday related. And speaking of pictures, you can see our um, our views on our way into work, and a couple of our listeners. Uh, one of our listeners says that uh, he has a one of his bandmates went to this very college yeah and he said well, that's kind of cool i did i all of a sudden i put all the pieces together it, and for those of you that are uh, just jumped in and you're wondering well what college uh, we are coming to you tonight from the studios of wkgc fm high atop the charles hilton center for advanced technology and hospitality management at gulf coast state college in Panama City, Florida, which is just across the Hathaway Bridge mm-hmm. from Panama City Beach, And Florida. that's kind of what you will see in my pictures. Uh, one of the listeners said to me, tell us what we're looking at. I try to do that, 
but again, it's a little hard for me to explain to you what a big bridge looks like when what you're seeing is the underside of that bridge. But um, With really pretty blue lights. Yeah. Um, there's a story behind that, too. Maybe we'll have that story for you next week. And it was David Kaufman who says uh, one of his bandmates uh, attended Gulf Coast uh, State College and worked at the very same station, this very same station here. Hmm. So you never know who's listening. We have a lot of things coming up. So uh, hope you will stay with us. And uh, as I said, you can text us or uh, give us a call, 312-981-7200. You can also check out our blog, our personal blog. Go to steveandjohnny.wordpress.com. That's steveandjohnny.wordpress.com. And if you've missed any of the show... Go to that blog, and you're going to see a link to the podcast, as well as a list of the links to our bumps, the music that we use throughout the show. Mm -hmm. And we're going to have it all there for you. So we got a lot of ground to cover tonight. Stay with us. More coming up at WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. This is going to be fun tonight. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're joined now by Tom Appel. He is the publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive, and we're going to talk car stuff. But as we started about a month or so ago, <laughs> every time Tom is on with us now, uh, he we feature what we call Tom's Tunes. And well, these are some of the things that he blasts in some of the cars that he's road <laughs> testing. And I love your theme for tonight. Tom has picked up a whole lot of kind of surf rock things, mm -hmm. and I love some of the stuff you've got. Do you want to explain who that was, Tom? That was the Surfer Jets, which, which it sounds like and is an all-female surf band. They're active right now. That, album was, that song was released in 2022 as a single, uh, and it is available on iTunes. And what a great name for an all-girl surf yeah. group, the Surfer Jets. I thought that was an excellent tune, too. It's the first I'd ever heard of it. and Well, now, you, you know the melody. Oh, I sure I know the melody, yeah. but I, I just like the way they that did was it, too. El Condor Pesa. Yes. <laughs> well, we yeah, pay they're, Tom. They're a very talented group. The way we pay Tom is we let him play his choice of music for an hour a couple of times a month. He's so easy like yeah. that. Right, Tom? <laughs> I'm a sucker. I love it so much. I'm, I'm grateful that you let me share this stuff. Now, tomorrow, Sunday, he'll start working on the next group yeah. of songs. I That's absolutely true. Yep. And you do know that this means that when you purchase CDs and music, it's now a business expense. I hadn't uh -huh. thought of that. Yes. Wow. <laughs> see? See how this works? All right. Oh, that's a, wow. i got to call my accountant tomorrow. <laughs> and we should mention, you can uh, check out, and you should check out, consumerguide.com. That's consumerguide.com. And you will see some of the uh, goodies that Tom and his cohorts at Consumer Guide Post uh Automotive-related, uh, road tests and uh, and blogs. And uh, let me start off with, uh, what are you driving? I am driving the 2024, 20, no, 2023, I'm sorry, Lincoln Navigator. Uh, and, and it's a very decked-out version with, by the way, the Revell audio system, which is excellent. Mm. Now, for, for those who don't know, the Lincoln Navigator... This is basically Lincoln's competition to Chevy's Escalade. It's a big honking vehicle. Chevy's Escalade? It is, yes. I, I'm and, sorry, and, and I can't like Escalade. Escalade. Yeah. Yes. 
Light Gasquet is available in two two lengths, a standard length and a longer length. Both come with three rows, however. Very large, very roomy, very powerful, excellent for towing. If you are not going to tow or ever carry around a heavy load, you probably want to step down probably to something else in the Lincoln lineup. But if you need that kind of stuff, this is an excellent vehicle, very refined. Does it have a running board, too? Power running boards that that uh-huh. that deploys when you get anywhere near the vehicle. Uh, <laughs> other people are very impressed by it in parking lots. <laughs> now I have to ask the obvious question, since this this really, I mean, this defines big honking vehicle. What kind of gas mileage are you getting? Great question. This is powered by the the. Lincoln doesn't use the EcoBoost brand, but it is Ford's EcoBoost twin-turbo 3.5-liter V6. Very nice, very smooth, very refined engine. I'm getting, per the vehicle right now, per the readout, 14.5 mpg, Hmm. which is dismal in sort of general terms, but awfully good for a vehicle of this size and mass. And what's the sticker on this baby? Um, Let me guess first. I'm going to say 74,000. Uh, this one's closer to what? 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 Yeah. What? Because the aviator, which is down one size that's from the, the navigator, something? that's the 70,000. Holy yeah. moly. Now, I have to take you in a little different direction for a second. Yeah. Uh, how comfortable is it? And I ask because we, it was about, uh, well, it was a year ago. Mm-hmm. We were looking at different vehicles. Aviator was one of the vehicles we looked at. A lot of good stuff. It had these 30-way power seats that may have been the single most uncomfortable seats I have ever seen in any vehicle. <laughs> and, and, I mean, this was a megabucks vehicle, but and you could adjust them and adjust them and adjust them, but never get comfortable. And even the salesman admitted, he said, I think they've gone too far. He said, yeah. I don't get comfortable in them either, and I can't imagine going on a long trip. And I went, whoa, that just kind of pushed us out the door. So, so how comfortable are the seats in the Navigator? I, I would describe them as very comfortable, but it's funny you would mention this because I'm still trying to fully articulate an issue I have with the seats, and it's that I wish that... The, the actual intersection of the seat bottom and the back, I wish I could get that slightly lower. For some reason, I feel like I'm riding very high in the vehicle. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. It's not really a problem, and it's not a headroom issue because there's lots of headroom. But I guess, to your point, I'm, I'm not 100% comfortable now that I think about it. I, I kind of wish I could mm-hmm. sort of find a different angle. Now, now, are these also the 30-way adjustable seats? I'm trying to think. I don't think these are those. They're, they're very, there's a lot of different things you can do, but I don't think these are specifically those seats. I mean, it'll, they'll make coffee for you. They'll uh, <laughs> play your favorite music. Heat, heat up the pizza. Well, it makes me think of our, our dear friend, uh, Chicago Tribune automotive writer, Jim Mateo. Yeah. He would say over and over again, if when you road test a vehicle, you're not comfortable in the seats, you will never get comfortable in them. So if they're too short for you, they're not going to get longer. If and, they don't have shoulder rest, it's not going to get better. And, and sadly, this is one of the things that a lot of salesmen will tell you. Oh, the, the seats will break in. No, they uh, will not. No. If you're not comfortable, move on to something else. I believe, Jim, on that point, because uh, you're not in the, it's not sitting in your, your, your recliner at home for X number of hours, unless, you know, you're, you're 
you're driving for work. Maybe if you sit in your car for eight hours a day, after a while, you're going to get your butt right there in the right place, and it'll stay there. I don't know. <laughs> I pretend you to know, believe it makes a difference. There's a great point to add to that, and, and you guys are making a great point here. It, it, it's that once you're comfortable, too, make sure you can see out of the vehicle in every direction. Yeah. And the thing I'm, I'm running into with a lot of vehicles these days is that I can't locate the front right corner, the, the front passenger side corner anymore, because it's so high. Mm-hmm. Vehicles have gotten higher, roof, roof lines have, or hood lines have gotten higher, and it's getting harder and harder to find the curb when you're taking a corner. It's, it's oh. a very weird thing, but once you're comfortable, make sure you can see out of the vehicle. Maybe that's why on these big vehicles, they're selling a special tire package. So when you scrape that curb, yeah. because you've gone too close, you can get your tire repaired. Now, I just recently read about that, and I went, hmm, I wonder if after road testing vehicles all these years, and I used to be terrified that I was going to hit a curb because I thought I'm not going to be the female driver that they go, oh, Johnny was driving the car when we got that scratch on the wheel cover. But it's easy to do when you're, it's like you're driving a sure. boat, especially it's in tight. so tight- easy. And, yeah. and the, the new wheels, the new 19 and 20 inch wheels have no sidewall. So the, the metal portion of the wheel, the wheel itself, yes. is always at curb level these days. Yes. So it is so easy to scratch a wheel. All right, before we take a break, this Lincoln Nav is what color that you're driving? Uh, I don't have the color in front of me, but it's a really nice deep purple. Uh, it, it looks great. It's a metallic color, and in a lot of light, it looks black, but when you look at it in the bright light, it's a, it's, it's a great deep color. And remember, those of you who are thinking about buying this Lincoln Navigator at 100000 you could always work weekends as a, a black Uber driver because they require a big vehicle like yep. this, a big luxury vehicle, and maybe in, you know, 14, 15 years you could pay it off, right? And, and if you've never heard of black Uber, it is a thing. There are apparently there Did you are, know about there this, are levels of no. Ubering. I had no idea until our guest Tommy Emanuel joined us two weeks ago, and he said he came over from the Park West in black Uber, and we said, "Huh?" He said, "Yes." He said, "That's when isn't that like the fourth level of Ubering?" And <laughs> he says they open the door for you, and he said, "I'm carrying my very valuable guitar with me. I want to be sure that I'm in a big enough vehicle. I'm comfortable, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. This is the first we'd ever heard of this, and he said, wow. yeah, "You could you can request economy, and you can go all the way up." But they require a certain vehicle if you're going to yeah. be black Uber and a nav, a black nav would would, would in fact be that. Yeah. Yes, so you can make a couple car payments. Maybe we'll take it. We'll come back with Tom Appel talking cars, and there's a little bit of news about the auto strike. Some yeah. good news if yeah. you're in that world. So stay with us here on WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. I love. This group. By I the way, we're, we're talking cars with Tom Appel, the publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive, and this is one of Tom's tunes by the Tikiaki Orchestra. This is a South Pacific sojourn. We played this, uh, what, about six months ago. It's mm-hmm. a great, great group, great album, and uh, so now you're blasting it on your, uh, your Lincoln Navigator stereo? <laughs> What I've been doing is just sort of playing songs on random, and when something comes up, I jot it down real quick. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. This came up That's in the last couple of weeks. I'm like, I like that song. I do, too. And it's great with headphones on, too. By the way, before we jump back into other car things, let us return to the Uber Black. And <laughs> d- during the uh, the commercial break, the keeper of the big plugs, 
Bob was doing a little research. And what did you find, Bob? Well, besides your Uber X and your Uber XL, you can go Uber Green, Uber X Share, Comfort Electric, Comfort, and I love this one, Lime Scooters, <laughs> Uber Pet, and if you just want to send a package, you can do Connect Express. Wow. You can, call, you can call for a cab, but then way down there, you get black and black SUV, which guarantees six uh, seats for six with a professional driver. And then the last two are Espanol and Wave. Wow. I had no idea. Is way, what is it? Do you just wave as they're driving past you? Then <laughs> no, it's, it's, that's wheelchair up. accessible. Oh, oh okay. Right. Oh. <laughs> wow. I literally had no idea. But, you know, that gives you a lot of options if you have a new car. And quite seriously, if you're thinking this is one way to pay for my car. But what is Uber Pet? Well, you can bring your pet with you in the vehicle. Yeah, they allow the pet in the vehicle. Yeah. Does the pet drive? Steve. What about the scooter? Now that troubles me. I'm not sure I understand that at well, all. Well, they just they just give you the location of the local of the uh, rentable scooters in your area. Oh, oh, I feel like such a uh, well, fill in the blanks. <laughs> Go right ahead. <laughs> such okay. a rube or a oob. <laughs> An oob, yes. <laughs> okay, we're talking cars with uh, with Tom Appel, and uh, just before we broke. Uh, as Johnny was mentioning, real interesting Good week news. with yeah. the uh, the strike. And is it still going to be a strike? Is it over? What's the latest? Yeah, good news there. The strike seems to be coming to an end, though we're gonna we're a couple of weeks out of knowing that for sure. There's been some initial voting to ratify the first agreement, which came through Stellantis, but Ford's uh, Ford's deal has been approved by the UAW, and that has been passed on to the rank and file for voting. And I think we are still waiting, unless I miss the news, for General Motors' uh, offer to be formally. Uh, approved by the UAW and then passed on for ratification. But early voting on the Stellantis uh, agreement is very positive. It's 80-90% in favor of it. So it does feel like this is coming to an end. Now, but were most of these based on the Ford agreement, which I believe was one of the first that they were close to finishing? Yeah, that's the way this generally works, and you're going to find that the final deals are very similar with some details being specific to each of the manufacturers. For example, General Motors has been pressed for a commitment for certain infrastructure updates and, and plant building in the U.S., and we know now, and this is great news, that Stellantis plans to reopen the plant up in Belvedere in a couple of years. So that's the kind of thing that's in the detail, but the, the primary stuff, the pay rates, the uh, uh, the number of years it's going to take to ascend to full pay, those things are going to be the same on all the contracts. Well, very close. That, do you know if that Belvedere uh, plant opening, was that a part of the negotiation, or was that kind of a side thing that, that happened? It, it is, it, it's something I believe was actually in the works, and maybe maybe that was something that, that Stellantis had in their back pocket or something that this negotiation pushed over the edge. But the plant had only been idled. It had not been shut down. So it was sitting there poised to do something at some point, and now it's going to build a small pickup truck, something along the lines, it seems, of the Ford Maverick. Uh, but that mm. will, production will not begin until early 2025, so it's a, it's a bit away. Do we know, it will that be an electric vehicle, or...? Because isn't Stellantis moving away from uh, 
uh, from ICE vehicles? At this point, it's looking like the pickup, at least in its first generation, is still going to be an ICE vehicle. So it will run on gas. But some good news related to electric vehicles is is that they're going to be adding a battery factory somewhere on the uh, Belvedere campus. It might not be right by the factory, but pretty close. So that's a third battery factory here in, in the range of WGN Radio. Yeah. And, and let's do a jargon alert for people who don't know. Explain what ICE vehicle is. ICE is a traditional gasoline or diesel-powered vehicle. It stands for internal combustion engine, and that's just what we all have in our cars right now unless we have an electric car. Right. So, actually, this is some good news for uh, auto workers in Illinois. Hmm. Yeah. And I just saw a story tonight that apparently... This this was a little troubling. UAW President Sean Fain has picked April 30th of 2028 for the next strike. So get ready. Okay. Uh, and in fact, uh, I guess they've got the wheels in motion to get other unions to join them. Yeah, uh, they say this, though, and, and it never happens. It would be great if they could unionize every factory in the U.S. and then everyone would be on more or less an even playing field. But they've tried to do this before, but they do believe, and I've heard some analysts suggest, that Tesla is ripe for unionization and that those workers are not especially happy. Huh. And at least I heard one story where Fain said that he would like to see unions like UPS, other big Mm -hmm. unions, and it would be May first would be may day he said that's the most patriotic that's workers day so he's already got the wheels in motion for this 2028 um but you know what he could look back on this year and say even though it hurt a lot of people bottom line is they kind of sort of got what they wanted right yeah it seems like they got a lot of stuff they wanted i mean they came out really strong wanting 40 percent raises and that was never going to happen and wanting a 32-hour work week and that was never going to happen but honestly what they got seems substantial yeah, absolutely. We're talking cars with Tom Appel. He joins us a couple times a month. Go to Consumer Guide Automotive. He's very active on uh, social media. We'll tell you all about that after we take a break here on WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. We're talking cars with Tom Appel publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive, and uh, listening to Tom's Tunes. And, uh, Tom, you want to explain who that was and what that was? Yeah, that was Pipeline by the California Guitar Trio off their 1994 album, Yamanishi Blues. And this is three guys and guitars, and that's the entire band. And they are incredibly talented, and their albums are just a delight to listen to, especially when you're driving. (laughs) But you don't want to try to play air guitar while you're driving. (laughs) Said a guy who plays air guitar while he's driving, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> that's a really. But good... I don't do the twelve string. No, you. Do. Oh, that's true. It's only six string. True. Um, again, we'll have links to Tom's tunes when we put together our bump list for those of you who are interested, and you can catch that in like a couple days from now. So mm-hmm. you can just follow us, um, Tom. There was some news. There's so much that we need to cover. There was some news on, uh, I believe, it was the Consumer Guide. Um, facebook page about the auto shows and uh when the chicago auto show is going to be and what's it going to be like and are we in fact going to have it over valentine's week like it was forever yes 
funny story about that. Uh, Dave Sloan, who is the, the executive manager of the Chicago Auto Show, was on our podcast recently. And his good news, bad news is it does, in fact, include uh, Valentine's Day. Which we, <laughs> they love to invite people to come down there because cars are romantic. The bad news for the auto show is it does include Super Sunday. So if you want to go to the auto show one day and oh. not see a crowd, that's the day to go down. Really? Yeah. Because we always joke about the fact it's going to be the snowiest week on record. It it doesn't matter. Valentine's Day, auto show, just buckle up. It will be the coldest, snowiest, blowiest ever. And President's Day, so you've got the kids coming at a special rate, Uh so now you've got uh, ankle biters all over the place climbing in and out of cars. At least that's (laughs) what people say when they don't want them there, but they're going to come. And there's nothing wrong with exposing them to something as you know as cool as all of mm-hmm. these new cars in one place. Just keep them in line. <laughs> yeah, there was, uh, I think, there was a setup to your story on your site about the auto shows and when they're going to occur. You know, across the country, like the Detroit Auto Show, um, was the figure forty-eight thousand dollars the blue book figure for the average cost of a new vehicle today is that what i saw in that article yes per kelly blue book the average transaction yes. price right now bumping right off of 50 grand wow that's crazy yeah just yeah it, mean, it is forget it kids when you graduate from college you ain't getting a car We've already paid for you to go to college, right? (laughs) I remember we'd watch TV shows, like Leave it to Beaver or something like that. A kid would would go to high school and and over the summer earn enough money to buy a car. (laughs) That's right. Oh, gosh. Working at the grocery store, pumping gas, you'd make enough money to pick up a decent used car. Wow. And, and, well, we know that there are not a lot of used cars, so they're pretty premium priced, too. Uh, Yeah, the problem is... Go ahead. I'm sorry, John. I was just going to say the problem is that there are very few recent used cars because there's been yeah. a shortage of new cars. Yeah. Yeah. Well. But by the way, I have to ask a question. Uh, Tom Hoots, who is the man that is uh, largely responsible for us being here, uh, he has a new vehicle, but he was curious to hear your opinion of the new Toyota RAV4 Prime. Uh-huh. Yeah, the RAV4 Prime is the plug-in hybrid version of the very good RAV4. The RAV4 is a fine vehicle. It, if you're if you're looking at the compact crossover, you want to add RAV4 and Honda CRV to your list. And and the CX50 from Mazda also very good. But the Prime is available as a plug-in hybrid, and the plug-in hybrid is not only efficient, uh, it's also really high performance. You have the the gasoline engine and the electric motors working in unison, and there's just excellent power, and it works very well. Uh, it, it, it's a very nice vehicle. One of the problems with the RAV4 Prime is that they are hard to get a hold of. Yes. There's been a shortage of those, and people are waiting very long times to get them. I, b- I believe Tom had his on order for, I want to say, at least about eight months and wound up Whoa. going to a different source to get the one he ultimately got. And you end up getting the one that they have. It's not like you go in and say, well, you know what, I kind of want something with you know, X, Y, Z. You have to take it the way it, if you really want it, you have to take it the way it's being offered. Yep, the emphasis on you will get the one they have. Yeah, yeah. And and Tom is moved out of a Chevy Volt and into the CRV, and he said there was more technology actually in his Volt than this chock full of technology CR, uh, RAV, uh, RAV4. 
So yeah, the I thought, Volt was an interesting vehicle because it was a serial hybrid. It wasn't really a plug-in hybrid, and, and and that meant that the motor never really drove the wheels. It always operated through the generator. It was a very efficient system, uh, a little bit complicated. It was a thing no one understood. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there was technology there that was virtually unsellable. They just had to sell it as a plug-in hybrid because it was way too hard to actually explain what that vehicle was. But but hasn't that been historically? One of General Motors' biggest problems, and here's where I'm going with this, General Motors makes wonderful vehicles. They have had some terrific technological breakthroughs that they haven't known how to sell. I think you're yeah, thinking. I, I, of, uh, I think Steve's thinking about night vision. Well, night vision was one. Yeah. And then uh, I will never forget the. Uh, it was a GMC. Denali that we drove that was one of the first four-wheel steering vehicles. Yes. It was wonderful technology, and they just didn't know how to sell that. Not only did they not know how to sell it, they didn't know how to package it. It was very expensive, the four-wheel steering system, and it, it was very effective. And it was great if you were towing or backing up with a load. It was just it was a super effective steering that made driving a pickup truck so much easier, easier in tight quarters or parking garages. But the problem was it was expensive, so they packaged it to make it even more expensive so they could recover some of that cost. So you had to get a specific engine, a specific body style, and a specific trim level. And even then, I think it was like four grand. And, and it, was just, it was profoundly expensive. People didn't fully understand it. They didn't understand that it wasn't standard. And you're right. It was very difficult for them to market and sell. And ultimately, they dropped it because they never found an audience. Well, our dealership used to say we could do the commercials for night vision yeah. because we were so sold on it. We had two vehicles with night vision, but you, I think there was a brief period where they did a commercial to just demonstrate to you how it worked, and then that went nowhere. And, and really a brief period, like maybe three months yeah. and nothing. And our dealership said, do you want another one? If we can, we said yes. It's important to us when we're driving to Florida. Once we get off the interstate, we can see because it picks up body heat. We can see deer off on the side of the road, mm-hmm. or if you pull into your driveway and somebody's hiding, you can see because their body heat is emanating yep. an image for you. But they and, had, and, and this was based on technology that was developed during the Gulf War. Yeah, and this, it was wonderful technology. And they just did not know how to get that across to the the consumer. And it was uh, interesting, too, that they didn't package it as standard on the top trim level, which is right. something that a lot of makers do, because then you have some on the lot, then you've got some sold, and you get word of mouth out there. Yes, yes, very good point. But oddly enough, I was uh, interested to see that some other manufacturers are now marketing night vision in some of their high-end vehicles. I believe Mercedes does, and what was the Dodge... Um, they, it was a Dodge. Um, oh, it was like an uh, an E something vehicle. Um, no, I'm sorry, it was the Jeep. Jeep. Okay. And they had night vision on it too. Oh, okay. Then that would that would have to be the Grand Wagoneer. Yes. But but it, what is it? It's the Grand Wagoneer E something. I well, don't know. <laughs> Uh, the list, a listener at uh, eight four seven said, "I thought that generator in the Volt was a great idea." Okay, thank yeah. you. Uh, speaking of listeners, Ron says, uh, "Tom, can you comment on extended warranties? And in your opinion, are they worth investing in?" 
It's a great question, and the answer is sort of dependent on on your your tolerance for risk. I generally say that no one sells you insurance they think you need. But that said, um, if you were buying a used vehicle and the warranty isn't there anymore, and it's something that might be expensive to repair, and then this is something like a used Maserati, a used Alfa Romeo, um, even a used German car like an ex, a BMW or Mercedes, you might want to consider it. But a great thing to do is more or less find out what that costs and just set aside the money yourself because you may not need it, and it would be great to not have spent that money. But if you're going to buy something that's high risk, probably a good idea. And then my advice then is if you're going to buy a, a warranty for your vehicle, you want to be sure you buy one that is a factory-backed warranty. So it's a General Motors warranty or a Ford warranty that the dealer will handle themselves. Hmm. Okay. Good question, Ron. And you all can ask questions or make comments at 312-981-7200. Got a few more minutes with Tom Appel from Consumer Guide Automotive. So stay with us here on WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman of WGN Radio. And I think you may have caught me talking a little bit about uh, one of the cars that we had... (laughs) Tested, but Johnny and I always have an agreement. Anytime we had we road tested a car, if either one of us didn't like something, the car was off the list. And that was a Jeep that you absolutely loved, and it I loved had the technology. night vision. Yep. And I said, I cannot tolerate the interior on that vehicle. It was whether you call it toffee or butterscotch or caramel or a saddle. To me, it was baby poop. I just said, I cannot live with that. It's just too much. And Steve looked at me. He was horrified. He's like, what? Why? It's got everything. I go, uh-uh. No, no, I can't live and with that. And we had a great salesperson, a too. A wonderful guy. Really nice he, guy. Yeah, he was delightful. Uh, by the way, the song you just heard was Tabuli. I like Tabuli, too. And that was a I, Los Straightjackets, uh, one of Tom's tunes. Mm-hmm. Tabuli, Middle Eastern. Now, now I'm, her- I'm really hungry for some Middle Eastern food, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking cars with Tom Appel. You can uh, check Tom out at uh, consumerguide.com and also follow him on Twitter as what, Tom? I am Car Guy Tom on Twitter. Or X. You can get X. the excrement on X. We've got to get you off X. We've got to get you onto something else. <laughs> I'm actually on online right now looking, and, and the tab that usually says X says Twitter again. I, what? Twitter is messing with me. X, oh Elon Musk gosh. is messing with me. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, it changes back and forth. I don't know what yeah. that's about. Yeah, well, maybe he heard that we're calling your post excrement if yeah. you're on X, and he went, wait, I'll show you people. I'm going to go back, because it's my, it's my toy. I can do what I want to do. Didn't he kill the bird? So Yeah, he, he killed the Twitter bird. Yeah, so Tweety's gone now. Uh, I can't believe the people that are chiming in saying night vision was a great feature on cars. Yeah. That's something you should do if you haven't done it yet, because um, you do some really fun things on your, your website and your Facebook page where you ask people you know, about the ugliest car or the best car ad yeah. or cars and movies. What about features on cars, You know, extra technology that you can no longer live without? that you thought you didn't need, but now you say, I have to have a heated steering mm-hmm. wheel. I can't live without a heated steering wheel. I that is, like, it's funny. My wife, Jill, and I were just talking about heated steering wheels. I think yeah. we would have never thought we wanted. Yeah. And now it is a must-have in our cars. Must-have. I tell you what I want in my car. I want a heated cup holder 
where you push oh. a button and it just keeps whatever you put in there hot for your trip. Well, so, some vehicles have it's uh, it can be either uh, heat or hot cool or cool. What? Yeah, yeah. yeah there, I think uh, some of the German luxury cars have that for sure, and I'm trying to think of other vehicles that have it, but it, it's out there. It's not common. But well, do you remember? There was a car that had a cooler in the glove box, and it would fit a six-pack. And they would actually say, it will fit a six-pack of soda. What was that? Yeah, right. Was that one of the Dodge Caravans? Uh, Dodge did it, because I remember it was on the Dodge Caliber, which was just a little compact car thing. Yeah. Uh, But it was available on that. Or it might have been a cooled glove box. I might be wrong, and it only held, like, the bottles, soda bottles. (laughs) But I remember a cooled console, and it might have been the Dodge Caravan. might have been. What else have you been uh, driving recently? I'm driving a vehicle that I'm trying to write a review of right now, and I'm I'm having a very difficult time doing so. Mm. And 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 that is the Volkswagen Atlas, which was redesigned, really just freshened for 2024, and it, it is actually an outstanding midsize crossover, really good family vehicle with a useful third row, and it has the worst infotainment system in the industry by far. Oh, no. and I'm trying to decide if that's a deal breaker or not, but it's very bad. It's difficult to use, and it's not accurate. When I'm listening to music, for example, I will have a picture of an album with a description of a different song that I'd listened to two songs ago, and, and it was it's incredibly difficult to, to try to do anything with the music using the screen. Uh, it's just it's a dreadful system, and it's a shame because the vehicle is so good otherwise. Now, you know a sound system is bad when Tom doesn't like it because this is the guy who couldn't get the Ford Sync system to work because it wouldn't recognize your voice. It hated my voice. That was a while ago now. Voice recognition has gotten better since then. It has, yes, yes. I have, I have managed to actually plot a course, use a navigation system, and say an address, which is an awful lot of different things for a system to understand, and gotten that done. And I consider that a huge personal accomplishment. (laughs) Well, I want to take you back to that entertainment system, because I think that would be a deal-breaker in my world, because... If you don't try that out when you're road testing a vehicle, and Tom, we should do something some night about uh, maybe as we get closer to the auto show, people are seriously looking at, you know, going for a new car. What you should do and not do when you take a vehicle out on a road test. Because some, and having recently done this, um, I have to say half the time we had a salesman ride with us mm-hmm. half the time they said go ahead you're on your own right. we're busy etc etc um yeah but, you- but one of the things that would be deal breakers for us and you talk about entertainment systems anything that distracts you from driving i'm not a fan of yeah uh, if it makes you take your eyes off the road, no, not a good thing. For example, uh, to activate your entertainment system. If, if you, you have, have to go four levels down into the menu. And if you have a touchpad, yeah. yeah. if you have to use a touchpad. And, you know, it's one thing to have a knob to twist back and forth, but I just feel like a touchpad is just so dangerous because it's just so... If you're not looking, it's and you shouldn't be driving and looking down at your hand to see where you're going. It just seems like it's a, 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 an accident waiting to happen. Aren't, it's uh, funny, no. the, the, the heated steering wheel in the Lincoln I'm driving right now is actually 
not accessible through a button on the steering wheel or the console. You do have to go into a menu, oh, which is no. kind of a pain. But it does stay on once you click it, even after you turn the car off. So it's a one-time thing until you want to turn it off again. Wait a so, minute. Your heated steering wheel will stay on after you've turned the car off? Is that a good thing? <laughs> well, it will, it will remain engaged. I said that incorrectly. Uh, I guess it doesn't you did. Default, it doesn't default off. <laughs> That that's a fire hazard, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe so. Yes, you well, can roast marshmallows when you're not driving. But let, let let me stay on the subject of vehicle fires for a second. Uh, you uh, shared with me an interesting story. It was uh, it had to do with EVs versus ICE vehicles and car fires. Yeah. Yeah, I have those numbers here. It was reported by AutoWeek, but it was a study performed by an insurance company, and I forgot the name of the insurance company, forgive me. But but they measured vehicle fires by, by powertrain type and per 100,000 vehicles on the road, which is a great way to do it because then everyone's on an evil plane, even playing field. And apparently hybrid vehicles catch fire the most with 3,475 fires per 100,000 vehicles per year. Uh, and then gasoline powers are next at 1,525 per 100,000. Those numbers are all very low. And then uh, EVs, just 25 per 100,000 vehicles. So EVs are not catching fire at any particular rate and far less frequently than gas vehicles. Which flies in the face of a lot of uh, yeah. publicity yeah. and a lot of the, the flag wavers saying, oh, your EV is going to burn down your town. <laughs> and, right, yeah, and I would never park one of those in the garage and all that stuff. And, yeah. in fact, they're not catching fire. And then we do have the problem, too, and we talked about this on your show, which was that there is their problem with damaged batteries and salt water, which is a huge problem. Don't don't drive your damaged battery near the water. That's a thing to learn. Yes, don't drive it off a ramp to try to prove yeah. that it's not going to catch on fire. That's the T-shirt. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we're, we're we're marketing all these T-shirts tonight. Yeah. We, you know, who needs to be an Uber driver part time? We can do that. <laughs> um, again, I want to repeat that Tom said the auto show days are February tenth through the nineteenth, and you heard Tom right. That includes Super Sunday next year right tom yep so much to the chagrin of the producers of the auto show so what do you want to do if you don't care about the super bowl go to the auto show i think that was a brilliant idea because obviously the bears are not going to be in it so (laughs) it sounds like you know except for the people who party for whomever it is that's playing it'd be a great day to go to the auto show you know if you work monday through friday it's even better so. There's not going to be any traffic. The parking garage is going to be more open. It's a, yes, right. it's a perfect day. You won't have to park a mile away. Uh, a listener said, every time I hear about the Chicago Auto Show, I think of Bob Collins in a tuxedo doing charity night. He never yeah. did charity night, ever, 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 because he did not do things at night because he had to be up at 3 o'clock in the morning. I did the television show of mm-hmm. the Chicago Auto Show for many years, and they tried to get him aware of Tuxedo, and he refused. He said, if you want me, you get me as Bob, not in a tuxedo. <laughs> they did make him wear makeup one year, and they um, regretted that because he left the auto show and got on a plane to fly to Hawaii on vacation, and his face swelled up. He had an allergic reaction to the makeup. So that never happened oh, no. again. Yes. 
So that was the oh. last of that. So they said, if we want Bob, we're taking him the way he is. You know, no makeup, <laughs> no tuxedo. And that happened for a couple of years. Now, Johnny, there's lots and lots and lots of video of you at the auto show on YouTube looking lovely in evening wear. What? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're all over YouTube from that auto show video. I had no idea. And I yeah. will never forget the auto show where Johnny was wearing a Bob Mackie dress. And they wouldn't let her sit down. So anytime she was taking a break, she had to lean up against me. Because they didn't want butt marks in a $2,000 dress. And I'm like, really? You put this on me, and now you tell me I can't sit down? And let me tell you, the the taping for that auto show, that that one or two hour, I don't remember, it felt like... It it went on all, it it went on forever. It was a 14-hour day. It was the longest day. Oh, man. Yeah, the last thing oh, you want there. Your... You can find it in little clips. I can't believe that. Thank you for telling me. Now I can go in there and take it down. <laughs> well, no, Tom, it's, it's good stuff. You look lovely. Oh, thank you. It's always a pleasure to talk to you about cars and, and to share Tom's tunes on the radio. Check out ConsumerGuide.com. And uh, Tom, will uh, be hanging out with you again in about another two weeks. I'm looking forward to it. Enjoy the extra hour. Oh, thank you, <laughs> Yeah, Tom. thanks, Tom. <laughs> Sleep well. Thanks, <laughs> Bye-bye now. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. Now, here's how you can tell if in the next 1 o'clock hour, which follows this 1 o'clock hour, you'll be able to tell if we're live or if we're recorded if you hear me saying the same thing <laughs> an hour from now. But guess what? You won't. You won't. We're going to be live. We're going to do it all over again. So if this um, fails miserably, we get a do-over. Yeah. And if you love oh, I it. I like that. This is our... our, our yeah. We have a do-over but, but, hour. But let's look at it positively. If you love this hour, guess what? We're going to do it all over again. We're going to wallow in it for another yeah. hour. So stick around for that. Am I putting a good spin on it? Close enough yeah. for jazz. Okay, I'm trying. <laughs> There's some big news in entertainment these days, really big news. It was the, literally worldwide news. Yep. New Beatles record? What? Yep. New yep. New uh, Beatles, Beatles? Huh? And Who, ha, news, ha? Uh, forgive me for saying this, but news of the long and winding road of the Beatles catalog coming to a close with a legitimately new Beatles record. Our friend and Beatleologist Wally Pedrajic joins us. How are you this morning, Wally? Well, hi. And if you hear me say the same thing in an hour, hi. <laughs> <laughs> and for those of you who may be new to this, Wally is an author, television historian, Beatles expert, analyst, media planner, teacher, and, and all around good guy who's nice enough to join us and has written a ton of books about the Beatles. And this had been rumored, well, the rumors of this started a it, long, long time ago. It was in the 90s, right, Oh, yeah, Wally? yeah. Well, yeah, essentially, to, to, to recap a little bit, you, you may remember there was something called the Beatles Anthology, right. which mm-hmm. was a TV uh, special, a three-night TV special on, on ABC uh, in the 90s. And as part of that... Uh, we had uh, an exercise in new music, new old music, uh, from what was dubbed the Three Tolls. That is, John Lennon uh, was uh, killed in uh, 1980, but 
uh, Paul McCartney, George Harrison, and uh, Ringo Starr uh, got together, and uh, Yoko Ono had given uh, Paul uh, in 1994 uh, uh, some uh, cassette tapes, some uh, of the demos that John had been working on. Right. And so they decided, let's see if we can do something with this. And if we can't, we can't. But if it feels right, let's do it. And so what they had uh, turned out back then for uh, premiere, actually, on the first night of that uh, documentary, was a song called Free as a Bird, uh, mm -hmm. which was, again, from a, a Lennon a piano uh, demo, basically. And they took it apart and built upon it, but, but still, uh, John was there. His voice was there. It was his... Uh, composition and so that worked well they had a second song um called real love and that uh, came out a short time later though it actually aired on the second night of that uh, special and then they had tried another track uh, called uh now and then and the problem with all of these is that they had to deal with the existing technology remember i said cassette tape and mm -hmm. so it had hum, it had noise, they used the best technology that they had back in the 90s, but um, now and then just seemed to uh, be beyond what they could do to rescue John's voice from all the noise around it. Enter Peter Jackson, uh, who did the uh, that special... Uh, um, eight hours of documentary footage uh, that he used uh, the get back sessions that is when mm -hmm. the Beatles allowed themselves uh, to be filmed in the studio uh, back in uh, 1969 and there were times when Jackson couldn't hear what they were saying and in some cases it was deliberate on the part of the Beatles they were like making noise with their instruments and such while they were having conversations he developed the technology, a tool, basically, that could lose everything else. So if you saw uh, John and Paul talking, but there was noise around in the studio, uh, well, guess what? Let's get rid of the noise and just listen to John and Paul talking or listen to a, a strong lead vocal and such. And so Paul, going backwards, had, had wanted to try take another shot at finishing now and then, so now he was able to uh, begin uh, he and, and Ringo were able to begin a conversation with Peter Jackson saying you can do that can't you and that is a long lead up to I say probably the most uh, important aspect of this new now and then single which is the crystal clarity of John Lennon's voice we can argue as to how strong a song it is, uh, whether it should have come out, etc. But it should have come out just to hear John's voice in such beautiful, mm -hmm. nuanced clarity. Uh, Ed, this is another example of the difference between, and, and I'm a huge fan of analog technology, but in this case, this wouldn't have happened without digital technology that in a nutshell, and I'm really oversimplifying this, this allows you to take sounds and to hone in on specific frequencies. So 
as as Wally said, if they were playing their guitars, so you wouldn't hear what they were saying. Okay, well let's let's take let's eliminate those guitar frequencies and let's just get to whatever John and Paul were saying. That technology now exists. It can on, that can only be done with digital technology. And Wally, I think originally when uh, the cassette was given to McCartney uh, by Yoko Ono, it was heavy on John's piano playing. Right? It was kind of the piano well, was yeah, was drowning him out. It. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, and and, and so. And, and they, it, go ahead. Oh no! In in retrospect, they're saying. Uh, John's voice was basically on the two songs that were released, uh, Priest of Bird and, and Real Love. His voice was intertwined with the piano. So mm-hmm. you couldn't pull it out, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And I see. so it, it, now those records happened to work okay. They worked fine. But uh, it, it was obviously a challenge that they had to deal with. And uh, this was now a choice that they could mm-hmm. make in terms of uh, how to mix John in. Now, this is really John Lennon's voice, and I say that because I think it was in early summer, Paul McCartney was interviewed on a podcast, and he used the term AI, artificial intelligence. And I remember people were livid. We can't fake John Lennon's voice. And that wasn't it at all. He just misspoke. Maybe he didn't completely understand what AI was, but it it was never anybody faking John Lennon's voice, right, mm-hmm. Wally? It, it, oh, exactly. In fact, there's a, a wonderful interview with Giles Martin uh, in, that appeared in Variety a couple of days ago, in which he said, "No, we didn't use AI. It would have been easier if we had. <laughs> we weren't. That's right. This was real. Yeah." Yeah, wow. We're talking with Wally Petrosik. We're talking about the new Beatles song. Guess what? You're going to hear some of it. So stay with us right here on WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. That's a little bit of now and then. The first new Beatles song in... Forever. Forever. (laughs) And the... the, for, For... Everything we know about it, the last new Beatles song. Right, right. Wally, do we have a way to determine just um, uh, how this was received worldwide since it dropped on November 2nd? Uh, I'm sure there are many sources for it, so it's kind of hard to get the millions over here and over there, but it's got to be in the bazillions. Well, what has changed besides technology is how you measure success. And you were talking about the different hat. You always talk about different hats I wear. And uh, mm-hmm. one of them is I'm currently working with my writing partner, Harry Castleman. Yes, he exists. Uh, on a fourth edition of watching TV. And one of the things that we're noting is how much just the process of watching TV has changed in terms of how you measure success and all. And the same thing with music. Uh, what you have is, what is success? Well, it's topping such and such streaming charts. It's mm-hmm. sold well, but what do you need to have a, quote, top ten hit? What is a top ten hit? In other words, the measurements, uh, are not the same as they were, you asked when the last single was, uh, back in 1996, where back then the single of Real Love 
uh, hit the U.S. Uh, charts uh, and peaked at number 11, uh, peaked at number 4 in Great Britain. I have no idea what it's going to peak at, but it almost doesn't matter because mm-hmm. The defining of a hit, it is already a hit, because in terms of listening to reactions, it has, pardon this deliberate pun, hit home, and hit mm-hmm. home very hard uh, uh, among fans, uh, saying, this moves me in different ways. It moves me just hearing John's voice. It moves me saying, oh, I wish it was better. This was perfect. But whatever it is, how it is judged is almost uh, beside the point. The mm-hmm. fact that we have it to talk about is the point. And so in that sense, it has been a, uh, tr- a tremendous success already out of the box. I mean, I have heard discussions about it on political news channels. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, you, you, you don't expect that. But then when you listen to the people talking, they're not just going through the motions. You realize that uh, there was a person I heard who was like writing a book on the Supreme Court, uh, a Supreme Court justice. It's a total Beatles nerd. Uh-huh. And uh, Peter Jackson, who did uh, the, um, the, the music video uh, for this uh, new single, he's a total Beatles nerd. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of us out there. And... Um, Maybe it's a, a sort of a final tip of the hat to something that's been so important uh, and so influential um, in uh, our individual lives. And remember I said the thing that was really important about this is hearing John Lennon's voice. The other thing you have to appreciate is how much this meant in particular to Paul McCartney. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, from uh, Giles Martin's interview with Variety, he wanted to work with John again. Yeah. And John isn't in the room, but this is as close as you're ever going to get. Because Mm -hmm. now he's taking, the the way McCartney explained it, John left this stuff and he had to go out of town. And so Mm -hmm. he left me as his partner to finish Mm -hmm. this off. And that's what I did. And the fact that he went to such detail to get it just right, it wasn't just, oh, let's cash in on one more track. Uh Uh-uh. This is his chance all of that, Paul and Ringo's chance to be Beatles again with all four of them uh, involved in the recording. That's why it's the last one. Yeah. uh, Because you have the presence of Harrison from the 1995 sessions. You could do all sorts of stuff with things still in the vault, et cetera, et cetera, uh, other, frankly, um, tapes of Lennon, but it's not going to be the same Beatles experience yeah agreed i want to take you in a, in a little different direction for a second because i was i had one of those light bulb moments just within the past couple of days over the past month or so there has been a ton of publicity about the new rolling stones album hackney diamonds and In some of the interviews, in several of the interviews, Keith Richards in particular has talked about how back in the day, how the Beatles and the Stones would be talking and saying, okay, you're going to come out with this, Okay, then, then we'll hold off. And I wonder if those same kinds of conversations happened 
because there was all the publicity about Hackney Diamonds and about Paul McCartney playing on a track with Hackney Diamonds. Okay, that happens, and Hackney Diamonds is selling, blah, 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 blah. Okay, after that, now, oh, here's the Beatles coming along. Mm-hmm. So I, I would love to be a fly on the wall just to know, and I would bet that those kind of conversations happened. Uh, what do you think, Wally? Well, uh you, you actually understated the number of times there was crossover uh, with with uh, Paul or Ringo. Both Paul and Ringo are on the on the new Dolly Parton album. Paul is right. on the new Jimmy Buffett album. Um, uh, but, so, but I'm I'm, I'm specifically going, I'm I'm keeping it oh, oh, to no, no. the Stones and the Beatles yeah. intentionally. I, I I I get what you're saying is well they were certainly aware of each other's plans. Uh, so uh, I cannot attest to such an explicit uh, agreement taking place, but uh, to support your point, uh, someone was talking to Ringo about a month ago or so, and said, shouldn't this be out already? <laughs> <laughs> and my, my reaction is, well, if he doesn't know, or if he's surprised. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, it, it, but it was, as you say, it, it's perfect timing in that same spirit. Um making each other's fan base aware of each other's other fan base. And so it uh, it sinks rather nicely. But uh, on a I'll weekend uh, on a weekend when we're pushing the clocks back, I feel like we're going instead of going an hour back, we're going like five decades back when you've got the Stones oh, with yes, a hit yeah. album and you've got a new Beatles single. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, you wake up on Sunday Actually, and you go, was, what is it? Uh, was an entertaining uh, 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 cartoon that made exactly that point. Really? About, oh. Wait, how far back did we push back the clock? Yes. <laughs> was it 50 years? Yes. Well, I, I want you to take a moment and, and talk about something that truly moved me. When I first heard the song, I went, ah, okay. And then I watched the 12-minute video that I recommend, and I'm sure Beatle fans know all about the 12-minute video, but if you have any passing interest, watch this video. It seriously moved me. It pulled my heartstrings. It made me hear that song differently. Because, for example, Paul even addresses the fact that he thinks if he asked, if he was able to ask John today, should we do this, John would have said, heck yes. Mm -hmm. He embraced new technology. He felt sure that this was something that John would have wanted him to do. Can you talk just a little bit, Wally, about uh, the uh, the video? Uh, Basically, Johnny, when you mentioned the, uh, basically, the now and then uh, trailer, and it's you would think of it almost as a, a press release, a video press release, because it has a little bit of everything that you'd want to understand this song. Uh, so it has footage uh, from when uh, Ringo, George, and uh, Paul were in Paul's studio, uh, all looking dim and healthy, really, really nice, uh, relaxed and such. You'll see close-ups of uh, cassette tape rolling. You'll see, uh, like I said, voiceover from, from Sean. And essentially taking it step by step. But what's wonderful about the age we're in, and Beatle fans in particular, when I say Beatle fans are on every level of the creative process, it's not just a talking heads thing uh, that is, oh, this is what happened and that's what happened. Instead, it's, it is a superbly illustrated 
with imagery and bits of songs and clips of uh, 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 video from different eras, documentary footage and such. So when you have finished watching this 12 minutes, you'll see, oh, that's how we got to what we're about to hear. Right. Uh, they explain in, in detail uh, the, the history, the genealogy, so to speak, uh, of the uh, tape itself, and then what they did and how they did it, the conversations they were having, not only with each other, but within themselves. Uh, Johnny, you mentioned Paul saying, well, what would John have said? Mm-hmm. And that, that's actually a, a good question to put out there, and uh, I would, uh, he hung around with his, his uh, mate a lot longer than I have, so I'll, I'll trust his call on that, that John would have said, sure, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in fact, uh, let's see what you could do with it, would probably be what John would really say. <laughs> All right, I gave you a start, let's see what you have uh, in, in, on your side. Uh, so it is a wonderful experience, it's a wonderful way of setting yourself up for then hearing it, and then the other video I referenced was the one directed by Peter Jackson, so it's different from this 12-minute one. Right. That one's a, a basically a straightforward music video uh, doing some of the same techniques of, of taking uh, footage from the past and marrying it with other footage from the past and uh, putting it together with more contemporary footage to illustrate the song. I actually and, like that, but I really, I really feel that the 12-minute video, if you're underwhelmed by the song now and then, I recommend watching the 12-minute video because it brought me around. I mean, it suddenly it pulled on all the heartstrings. I was in. I'm mm-hmm. humming the song. It did what I think they set out to do because all of my preconceived notions about, well, this is just stupid. Why are they doing this? This is not the best song. Yeah. All of a sudden, I went, Oh, no, it is. I'm so glad we've got this. And, and Wally, I'm, I'm curious. Where would you place this in the, in the pantheon of, uh, of Beatles music? And here's where I'm going with this. Uh, do I like it? Yes. I think the technology is extraordinary. The historical import extraordinary as far as ranking it as a Beatles release I would kind of say really interesting album cut that's kind of where I would put it exactly I know I know exactly where I put it side three of the white album (laughs) okay Uh, I I can see that it's not the lead track it's it's an album track yeah it's a good album track. That, that that's a, interesting. That's exactly where I would place it. Yeah. Well, now let's talk about the flip side because there is a flip side, right, Wally? <laughs> the flip side goes. Hmm. Let's see. Now and then. That's the umbrella title for this experience. Well, you can't get more than than their first single, mm-hmm. and so uh, the flip side of the now and then. New recording is uh, Love Me Do. This is, I don't want to get too Beatle nerdy. Let's just say there were two versions of Love Me Do, um, and one had Ringo on drums, and the other had uh, Ringo on tambourine because George Martin had brought in a different drummer. This is the version that has Ringo on drums. 
Interesting which was the first, that uh, version released in Great Britain. And, so, and interesting, uh, it, I, I was looking up uh, "Love Me Do" the version with Ringo on drums. Got to a site, and there is no audio because apparently YouTube and or the video have uh, the Beatles have said no, you're not going to be able to play that audio unless you do it through us. Hmm. Oh, okay. All right. I hadn't tried to do that because I've got so many copies of Beatles music here. I don't need to, but uh, but yeah, that that'll be an interesting next phase, which is remember, uh, Johnny, you were talking about how much you liked that video. Um, one of the reasons that it was able to happen, and the Peter Jackson one as well, is the Apple has spent at least the last thirty years acquiring. Um, ownership or at least uh, possession of just about any kind of video imagery, audio, certainly, uh, that they could. And so they could do a package that exactly the way they wanted because it's in their uh, purview, uh, right. it's in their control. And apparently they don't want you to listen to it on YouTube, so you're not listening to Love Me Do on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So can, can you actually, this is to answer a question that people have, can you actually buy this? Can you actually have this in your hand as a single with a oh. flip side? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Um, to show you how different a world we're in, we've been talking about all of this stuff on streaming, all of this video stuff and mm-hmm. all. I placed my order for the blue vinyl 7-inch <laughs> single of um, Now and Then Backed with Love Me Do, um, about a week ago. So I'm waiting for delivery, and uh, it should be sometime uh, next week. So, yes, it does exist as a single, orderable. Um, knock yourself out. You'll, you'll have a wonderful time. Why, I love that. What's the significance of the blue vinyl? Oh, uh, because we're in an era of merchandising. I could have gotten a black vinyl. I could have oh. gotten a clear yeah. vinyl. I could have gotten, you know, it's, okay. it's, it's in all those forms. Nice nice picture sleeve, though. The the oh, front good. side is pretty uh, simple, but the back side is a, is a nice bit of artwork with a clock that says now, then. Oh. So it uh, ties it all together. Yeah, just in time um, for Christmas shopping. Just well, in time. Isn't that amazing? It is. Yeah, I, I, actually, I was, t- I was telling the, the, my, my students who, who were not on the edge of their seats waiting for the first time you could uh, hear the now and then, but uh, their conclusion was very nice, very nice. Lots of merchandise is going to t- tie in with it, mm-hmm. and that's what you do now. Uh, when you're yeah. talking about how do you measure success, that's part of how you measure success is um, people embracing the product uh, in so many different ways, including listening to the actual music. And I tend to still be old school and get the actual music. But you want a sweatshirt, it's waiting for you. (laughs) Yep. Actually, you know, I'm kind of sold on that idea, too. So, Sam, if you're listening, I kind of like that. You know, I I joked about the cassette, and we said we were going to push the pause button on the cassette player. Is it possible that they would release this on cassette, or would that just be too weird? Oh, it is. That's one of the ways you can Oh, stop. What? Uh, uh, Cassettes are actually uh, a hot medium these days. Oh, my Uh, Certainly uh, among collectors. So, yes, 
Yeah, you want a cassette? Put in your order. You got it. That's wild. Yeah, I think the only thing you can't do is a track. Give them time. If they think it'll sell, <laughs> give them correct. give somebody time. Yes. Wow. Well, <laughs> before we before we say goodnight and let you relive this hour all over again, Wally, uh, yeah. we I didn't ask you when you first heard the song. It's just us girls here talking. So tell us what was your first reaction? Oh, um, I gave my first reaction was. I love the sound of John Lennon's voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next reaction, having heard the whole thing, was a incredibly well-done, super-polished demo. Hmm. But it's a demo that can never take the next step because, of course, John's not here. And yeah. so yeah. Uh, they've done the best that they could with what they had to work with, and they did a fine job. Yeah, and, and I and, would, like uh, I said, uh, answers to Steve's question. Uh, side three of the White Album uh, would yeah. be a perfect home for it if it were in a, a parallel world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, and, and that's funny because you and I hadn't talked about this in advance, but that's exactly where mm. I would put it too. Interesting. Well, Wally, <laughs> let's get together real soon and talk TV about all th- that other hat that you wear. Oh, okay? Sure, sure. Right. And, and by the way, if you go to MediaWally dot com, I did a short, very short little piece about uh, now and then. So you're welcome to uh, uh, go, go to that site. You should drop right on the page. Actually, it'll probably show you a previous essay. Just go to the side right column and click on the uh, the now and then uh, identified as a, as another essay. Um, and yeah, working on watching TV. And by the way. Uh, we're, we're doing an update covering the last 10 years. And if you think that things have changed in the music world, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Things have certainly <laughs> yep. changed in the TV world. Yeah. We got a lot to talk about, Wally. Thank you so much for staying up late tonight. We really appreciate it. And, you know, this just goes down in, in, in my memories. of one of those historic moments talking about a piece of music that mm-hmm. a lot of people are going to be talking about. And I'm glad we had a show that we could do this on. So thanks, Wally. Well, and thank you. You uh, you have a wonderful t- uh, have a wonderful repeat of this hour, but without <laughs> okay. you got it. Take care, Wally. Bye bye now. This is where we would normally be doing the last caller, but because this is even though we're well, so we'll be redoing the, well, the, not redoing, but we'll be live. But we'll, we'll be, be live. here. Yeah. Yes. We'll but, we'll hold your hand through this new hour. <laughs> but but be thinking about extra hour memories. Mm-hmm. If you, like Johnny and I, for years uh, in separate lives, we would be working when the fall time change would happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, there were some interesting experiences. Yes, there were. For that extra hour. Dean and in Indy sums it up this way, Steve. Yay! Bonus hour! Yay! Well, Dean and Indy's probably in bed listening. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yay, Dean. <laughs> Actually, I'm thrilled that we have an extra hour because we're just going to hang loose. We've got a lot to talk about. We've had guests. We had a shorter show because of the Blackhawks, and they won. So that was a great mm-hmm. lead into our show tonight. But we do have a lot to talk about. We're going to take a little moment to talk about Christmas coming to Chicago. Uh, we'll talk about 
our tales of how the Mm -hmm. extra hour affected us in our previous lives. And you, too, if you want to share those with us. And uh, I did a little price comparison, something you all can be thankful for. If you you live in Chicago, and if you do live in Chicago, the Chicago area, you no doubt do grocery shopping. Well, I've been to the grocery store in the past um, week and a half. I've been three times because uh, our purchases are such that one store doesn't carry this flour and this store doesn't carry this bread. So I have to go to three different stores. Well, I kept my receipts because I come out of the store every time and say, wow, things are so expensive. So I did a little actual comparison. I had a receipt from my shopping trip before I left Illinois. And I had a receipt, three receipts, that mm-hmm. I can compare to. Similar items. What an eye-opener. So I'll share that with you, too. But interesting, too, the difference between grocery prices and gas prices. Yes. So it's not all a win-win for Illinois, yeah. uh, you know, especially when it comes to the world of gas prices. Uh, we'd like to give a shout-out to people who are listening to us all over the country. So tonight we have listening to us Oklahoma, Nebraska, all parts of Florida checked in tonight, mm-hmm. North Carolina. One of my favorite places, and this gentleman uh, chimes in just about every week, from Flowery Branch, Georgia. I just love that name. I do, too, because it should be in a country song, but it's not the easiest thing to say. Mm-hmm. Flowery Branch, Georgia. But he's tuned in tonight. Reno, Nevada checked in tonight. Um, and on the subject of this extra hour, a listener from a 608 area code says, Hey, Stephen Johnny, listening to you, and I'm going nuts. I was in Germany last week and Toronto the week before. If you believe a one-hour change is horrible for your health, I should be dead. Yeah. I should be dead, yep. based on that. Because you know that they claim, and this just this troubles me to no end, tomorrow and Monday we will have more car accidents mm-hmm. and more heart attacks yeah. because of the time change. Why? I don't get the heart attacks. I don't understand that. Uh, I mean, it's an hour. You still have 24 of them in a day. Uh, And I don't understand the morning drive. That I do understand. Differences. Because having done traffic for seven years, it was documented that the week after a time change could be absolute chaos because you have a routine. You go to work the same time every day. The sun is in a certain place. Now, all of a sudden, you're going to work and there is no sun. And you're Mm. like, oh, no, what's going on? What? And whether or not you're in touch with it, psychologically, you have a reaction to it. And I guess it becomes distracting. I know when we spring forward. Isn't that an argument for not springing forward or falling back? Oh, yeah. Because if you are sticking with the same time all the time, it's more of a gradual transition rather than, oh, I just set my clock back an hour or my clock uh, an hour ahead. And I know in springtime, I, I, I saw this for years, there was always the problem with people saying, but the sun is in my eyes. It was never in my eyes before. And now this is so awful. 
literally. Mm-hmm. And it would take about a week or sometimes two weeks. I personally like to use the time change for an excuse for everything. If I want to eat chocolate, oh, hey, yeah. I had to change the clock, dang it. I'm eating chocolate. If I want to drink a whole bottle of wine, hey. I'm My body getting, hasn't adjusted I'm yet. getting used to this time change. So I'm there. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Take a page from me. Use it as an excuse for absolutely anything. Eat bacon for breakfast because you had to change Nothing the but bacon. That's Just right. <laughs> bacon on your bacon and then add some more bacon. Oh, speaking of bacon, uh, back to prices. It is $2 more expensive here than it is in Illinois. Really? Yeah. I, I'm, that's three grocery stores because I refused to buy it when it was eleven ninety nine. Mm. I'm like, no, I am not paying $12 for a pack of bacon. No. And if I do, you're only getting one piece with your meal. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to make it last. <laughs> but that was a big shock. And I'll tell you more about the prices in the next hour. Because we've got a lot to talk about in the, that extra bonus hour. Uh, eggs were actually cheaper here. Same brand. Mm-hmm. Same brand of eggs, cheaper here than they are in Illinois. But bacon, so if you want bacon and eggs, you know, kind of balances out in the long run, <laughs> I guess. I don't know that for a fact, but I just know that it was fun comparing the prices and realizing it wasn't my imagination. Because yeah. I would come out and go, holy smokes. There are actually things that I refused to buy because I said, I am not paying a crazy price. I was told by a friend, you are in a tourist town. So that comes into play. Mm. But when the tourists aren't here, the locals have to live here. Yeah. And they have to pay these prices. So anyway, more on that subject coming up. We should mention that uh, next week we have a full show. We do. In fact, for the next few weeks, we have full shows. For those of you who have said, oh, you keep getting interrupted. Well, number one, the Blackhawks are doing really well. Yeah. So we love them as a lead-in. Uh, but we have a lot of full shows because the Hawks are doing 6 o'clock games, and they're doing one in the afternoon mm-hmm. games. They're, trying, they're, they're actually successfully bringing in a younger audience this way, too, with the different times. So we don't have as many interruptions as we've had in the past season. Also, next week we will be introducing our Chicago listeners to mm-hmm. an incredible duo. Yeah. That we've been fans of for a long time. Uh, they call themselves Lucky Mud. And there's a story behind that, too. Yeah. And Mike and Maddie are a... Um, Mike and Maddie. That was the TV show. Mike and Maggie. Maggie, yes. We talked about this the other day, the mm-hmm. TV show that we may have been the only people that watched it. And we even interviewed the people that were hosts of the show because mm-hmm. we liked the show so much. But I digress. Uh, Mike and Maggie are just delightful people. And they have a great story about their own history. And next Saturday is Veterans Day. And uh, I asked Maggie if we can talk about um, their history because he is a vet and she mm-hmm. was a war protester. And they met at one of those awkward moments when he was being military and she was protesting and they make wonderful music they do and they will share some of that uh, wonderful music live in the studio with us next week yes and speaking of live music we have more um videos of uh tommy emmanuel thanks right, we'll to, be posting them yes. over the next couple of days thanks to julian who did a fabulous job of editing uh those live performances that uh, tommy did in our studio just a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. so that 
that's one of the many things that will be coming up if you follow us. And you can follow us on Facebook. Go to uh, facebook.com slash Steve and Johnny show. And then our blog is stevenjohnny.wordpress.com. And on our blog, uh, over about the next uh, um, day or so, mm-hmm. we will be posting a link to the podcast for tonight's show, along with the uh, the bumps for tonight's show. And coming up in the next hour, it's going to be nothing but time change bumps. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And we will be live. So when you change, if you're like Steve and you're running around the house now at the stroke of two, and you're going to change all the clocks. Well, yeah. And you offended our guest, our house guest, when she had the nerve to change a clock. And you said, what? That's my job. Well, yeah. (laughs) And it's it's our job now to stop talking and go to the newsroom. So we'll do that on WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. If I could turn back time, I would have hit the news on time. (laughs) Uh, Well, we get to do it again. I will uh, take full responsibility for that, and okay. I will explain to the kids. Uh, one of the many reasons we didn't hit the news on time is because uh, I didn't see what I wrote down for and the, I couldn't for see the what out I wrote time. Because we're sitting in the dark. And we're sitting in the dark because I'm wearing sunglasses because I have a migraine. Mm-hmm. It's a so, heck of a way to experience yeah. an extra hour of the program. But fortunately, it appears to be going away. Good. Which is a good thing. And it helps when you turn the lights down. Yeah. Uh, because the school has all the lights on for us. I mean, they're great about welcoming us with a, a, a well-lit facility. We walked into, into this studio, and, and then you said about, oh, oh, it's about an hour ago, you said, uh, this is not good. We got two hours to go. Yeah. And I got the classic funky stuff that's happening in my eyes mm-hmm. so hang so, in there. so those of you that have ever had to deal with migraines you yeah you understand the drill uh so so welcome to our second one o'clock hour <laughs> and um your digital clocks many of them will be reset unless it's your microwave or your car yeah i hate the one in the car because and t- to me that's never been a problem oh stop it's a headache no, it's it just... And it is. You just hit, hit, hit two buttons and it's done. <laughs> and I it's never just... let Steve touch the, the clocks in the kitchen because I'm like, no, don't go around my stove. I do not want you to touch the microwave. I will take care of that, right? Mm-hmm. And you take care of the other ones because I'm sure you're going to walk over there and they're going to be forever changed. So that's my domain. Don't touch them. So I just say to you, I've been driving the car for three days and the clock is still wrong. I'm not touching it. <laughs> Because it makes me nuts. <laughs> the good thing is in my house, like every hmm. clock is electronic, like, you know, our TVs and our phones and stuff. I think the only actual clock we would have to change physically would be the microwave. So when I get home, mm-hmm. I'll find out if uh, my wife managed to do that before she went to bed. Um, well, I completely forgot to change the the clock in my car before I uh, I got out <laughs> after I parked here. Yeah. So I got to do that. But uh uh-uh. No, is yours is yours difficult or is it easy to do? It's just you just press the button and hold oh, until you get sure. the number you want. Yeah, yeah. of so, course, you guys. It's but, just um, easy. But yeah, but other than that, everything else is electronic and digital, so it's done for me. <laughs> Why do I look at my my watch? I looked at my watch at two o'clock. Like, are you going to do it? Are you? Oh, you did it. You I did do. It again. I do have a funny daylight saving story for you. Okay, late on it. So uh, a couple. This was about maybe early twenty nineteen. 
I was working at an FM station here. I was an overnight board op. Basically, mm-hmm. the DJ just wasn't allowed to turn on the microphone. And we did spring forward. And um, what happened at the station I was working on once the spring forward hit... Actually, the, actually this have this all similar happened in fall back later in the year. But spring forward hit... And the system automatically it automatically skipped to the next hour. So when two a.m. became three a.m., the oh. system skipped to four a.m. And I had to put every I had to re-enter everything manually. Oh. And then what ended up happening was when we fell back later that year. Mm-hmm. Um, what ended up happening was two a.m. You know, ends up hitting. We go we go back the hour, and the entire system crashed. And I had to wake up an engineer. Oh. To, to come in and well, fix you, everything. You should have replayed the 3 a.m. hour from uh, from spring. <laughs> right. I, I, I thought. I actually thought you were going to say, uh, seriously, because this has happened to me before, you don't get paid because you yeah. fall back an hour. So, or are you you spring forward an hour? So you know you well you didn't work that hour anyway. So why are you putting that on your timesheet? Now I actually heard that in one place I worked, and I said, "Wow." See, see, that was the the line that we always got when I was working in bands in clubs. In fall, we would always be told, "Oh, you're not going to get paid more because you, you you'll make that back when you plan for us." In spring. And we were never playing for the same club owner in spring. That never, ever happened. You were convinced that they put it on their calendar. Do not ask them to work this week because we'll have to pay them extra, right? Uh Uh-huh. Well, that happened to me, too, as a waitress. I was a waitress at the Holiday Inn on Lakeshore Drive. And we would close at 2. And we would all say, now, we are really going to close at 2. And the boss said, yeah, but we're going to go back to one i mean the clock's going to change we said but why why just tell everybody flick the lights they'll go home Mm -hmm. their bodies say it's two o'clock no no and we didn't get that was one of the jobs that i worked at where we didn't get that extra dollar and 67 cents an hour so what are you going to be doing with this this extra hour now now we're in the bonus well bonus hour everybody okay (laughs) it's a real bonus hour so what are you going to be doing with this bonus hour well dennis just woke up from a long nap so he thought he missed the whole show but guess what dennis we're sticking around until two o'clock the the new two this is the all new two o'clock coming your way (laughs) so stick around for that but it's still one o'clock it's not two o'clock yet but it will be oh see we we're it's back to see this is why we have separate am i the checkbooks. one that i asked earlier why do people have heart attacks during this time yeah uh, by the way i'm taking an unofficial poll and so far we're split on the people who want to continue changing the clocks and people that are saying no stop it this is insanity and we almost had this happen last year when the senate said okay we're going to pass this we're going to not... Yeah, it came close. And then the House had other things to do, so they just never because got around to it. Because the Senate and the House can't agree on yeah. anything anyway, so... 630 Area Code says, Stephen Johnny, apparently you're broadcasting from another location. Please announce at the hour and the half hour the state in which you're broadcasting from. No. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> ne- next comment? You, you asked that so nicely, so I will tell you that we're coming to you tonight from the studios at WKGC-FM, high atop the Charles Hilton Center for Advanced Technology, 
Is it technology or technologies? What is it? G, just technology? I'm in the dark. I'm reading. I, I need, I'm seriously. Sure it's just technology. Like technology? Singular. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Becca. Yeah. But it's, te- it's technology and hospitality, hospitality management, management at Gulf State at Gulf Coast State College. I truly am like I'm reading in the dark. You <laughs> Forgive me. Uh, and we are here in Panama City, Florida. And we have mentioned that a few times through the show. So if you're just joining us, um, this is the 1 o'clock hour all over again. Only not. Yes. All right. I've got to share with you. We kind of shared what our stories were uh, being mistreated when it came to the time change and again so far we're kind of split on people saying yay change it and nay don't ever change it again this is stupid um and i guess it kind of is i mean the don't change it again it's stupid well it's the classic it's like are you going to pull the sheet up over your head or down over your feet it's still the same sheet same length just what are you doing with it yeah Unless you happen to be waiting, your kid, and you're waiting for a school bus, and it's inky but, dark but, outside. But even if if that's the case, it gradually becomes dark. It's not like a sudden. Okay, gradual this. It's not a. <laughs> Um, okay. Jan from Tinley Park says, I'm thrilled to have another hour of S&J, but I would love to see daylight saving time become a thing of the past. Thanks. Okay. Now, this may be my favorite text of the evening. Let me find it. I'm blinded by my laptop in front of me. Uh, and by the way, you can text at 312-981-7200. This comes to us from um, 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 630 area code. It was October 1989. Me and my first husband saw Jeff Beck. By the way, this is a, a text. Yeah. This is not my, okay. my own story. Somebody just tuning in. I think, wow. She writes, me and my first husband saw Jeff Beck and Stevie Ray Vaughan at the UIC Pavilion on their Fire and the Fury tour. Cool. Suffice it to say, it was probably the best live show we ever saw. After we went to Buddy Guy's Legends as we'd heard a rumor that the two bands were going there after the show. Hubby and I get there, and we end up seated at a table with Paul Schaefer and Jim McCarty of the Yardbirds. Half an hour later, a big silver bus pulls up, and out comes Stevie Ray Vaughan, whom I idolized, Jeff Beck, and their bands. We partied for hours. And see, this is when you need that extra hour. Yeah. This is when you're like, thank you, Jesus. I got an extra hour here. I'm partying with Jeff Beck and Stevie Ray Vaughan. She goes on to say, my hubby peed next to Beck. Yes, they were in the bathroom. <laughs> and, and, I, and I shot pool with Buddy Guy. And I kissed his blues ring. I'm so glad we got to talk with Stevie as he was gone by the next August. Most fun i've ever had that was michelle in geneva and that may be my favorite text of the night michelle thank you a great story yes and i'm glad she established that stevie ray and her husband were in the bathroom when that happened uh stop changing the clocks i want more sunshine in the morning i want more sunshine at night not in the morning and we used to say when we worked nights it, literally, if you worked what we call Tour 1, yeah. which is overnight. Because it is Tour 1. 
And we learned that from uh, some of the people who work at O'Hare. Well, they lovingly called themselves the Ramp Rats at O'Hare because they said, hey, you know, nothing happens during the day unless we get things. Tour one is setting the stage for the rest of the day. And this changing the clock is difficult because we used to come home when it was dark Mm -hmm. and then we'd get a little nap and then we would get up in the evening for dinner and it would be dark. Mm -hmm. And then we'd go to work and it's dark and it's like, oh, okay. Of course, if you lived in Alaska, you'd have to get used to that. Um, Another one, please, please, can we just get with the times and stop changing the damn clocks? (laughs) (laughs) I I like people who are gentle about it. What is the the McDonald's down here? Is it in... um, Isn't there a McDonald's that's uh, on the timeline? A city that is right on the timeline where if you're in the kitchen, you're in one time zone, and if you're in the restaurant part, you're in another time zone. They live here, and they're shaking Uh, their head no. No, no, we don't. Uh, (laughs) No, we've always heard that, that there is literally a McDonald's. At at least somewhere on the panhandle. Sure, in the panhandle, uh, not in town, though, not in the county. Oh, not in, t- in Panama yeah, City. No. no, in this vicinity, though, like in, in, uh, in this county or a neighboring county. Um, be- because the, the big news last week was the McDonald's that's been here since 1962 in town closed. Yeah. 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 And that yeah. was big news because yes. it was like the first McDonald's here. Yeah, uh, but the, the, time, yeah. the time zone change is between Bay and Gulf County. So as you head east... There's the timeline, uh, the, the oh, really? time, time change yeah. to Eastern. So that mm-hmm. could be where we're talking. A maybe McDonald's. they just said it was a McDonald's. Or imagine if there was a McDonald's and you could order your meal in one time zone and sit down in another time yeah. zone, yeah. which would be kind of cool if you think about so it. So you could order your, your meal and then sit down and eat it before you'd ordered before it. Before you ordered it, yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, got an hour-long wait to get yeah. your sandwich. <laughs> there you go. I guess I never realized, though, that from one county to the next, it was a different time zone. Yep. Yeah. So we're that close. We're That's why... Close. 99% of the people think we're in a different time zone. Yep, the Apalachicola River is where that time line, time wow. zone change happens. Uh, so if you go like to Tallahassee, which is about an hour and a half yeah. away, you're in Eastern. Yeah. Oh. And it's only a two-hour drive from here, at least. Yeah. yeah. Well, how many times do we have to tell guests, well, we're in the same time zone when we're yeah. in Florida. Mm-hmm. And even friends say, I didn't call you because I thought it was a different... No, mm-hmm. no, we're in the same time zone. <laughs> Trust me. Yeah. Not lying, See, dude. this has been an educational show. You have learned something. Our job here is done. No, actually, 32 minutes before our job here is done. But who's counting? Yeah, no, we're going to get the news on time, so it's only 30 minutes. We promise you, Gabe, we're going to get the news on time this time. Uh, more people are chiming in. Um, uh, yeah, I kind of like this uh, time change. I don't, again, people are like, myself kind of perplexed by the idea that there's documentation that heart attacks go up yeah so be aware of that god forbid you have to shovel snow because then you will certainly die if you have to shovel snow and there's a time change this is such an uplifting show tonight (laughs) thank god we're in florida (laughs) (laughs) sorry well if you were in arizona this wouldn't be happening right now (laughs) that's true Mm -hmm. and right parts of indiana Actually, I think all of Indiana is now with the rest of us, but I do remember when I was younger that only Northwest Indiana would would be in the same time as us, but the rest of it, not so much. But what what is the, uh, Gabe, there is, oh, what, one county in southern Indiana where they never change the time. Yeah. Oh, they're hard I'll have to look into that. Yeah. They're, That's your assignment, Gabe. They're difficult. Yeah. <laughs> 
I'm sorry if you're listening to us in Indiana, Dean. I don't mean to offend you. Uh, Indianapolis used to stay on the Eastern Standard Time, says an 847 area code. They changed that about 20 years ago. And now they, I'm going to click here, They uh, now they spring forward and fall back with the Eastern Time Zone. I remember we used to be told that the time change was thanks to the train lobby. And doing a little reading over the past few days, trains had nothing to do with the time change. Absolutely nothing. Ben Franklin first floated the idea. Ben, yeah. seriously, are you agreeing with me? Do you know this story? Yeah, it isn't the whole thing about agricultural yeah. uh, needs? Yeah. Where well, it, it's even, it, it, that seems logical, but yeah. Ben Franklin floated the idea in an effort to save candles. Mm. Yeah. That was his selling point. So he didn't go anywhere because people went, really? We yeah. got to worry about candles? Yeah, who else is really worried about riding <laughs> at night? You know, right. Ben but, Franklin. Yeah. Also heard but we were surprised when we were uh, looking into this and... It was what the time change law happened in the mid sixties, like sixty six. And so, oh. during World War One, we stopped the time change, mm-hmm. and then we went back to doing a time change. Mm-hmm. And then World War Two, they went on what's called wartime. Right. And then in sixty six, somebody decided that it was a good idea. I don't know if it was for energy purposes to save energy. Um, it seems like that was a little ahead of its time, but anyway. It kind of got stuck, and now for since we've moved into the 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 two thousands, it's been an ongoing debate every year. Well, is this the year we're finally going to get with it and get get rid of it? Before we run out of time, yes. Prices, okay. Florida so, versus Illinois. In Florida, I shop at a store that is comparable to the old Mariano's in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Because Mariano's today, owned by Kroger, is different than the original Mariano's. Publix in Florida is a lot like the old Mariano's. Okay? They've got certain things they're known for, quality. But I also shopped at Winn-Dixie, which Mm -hmm. is a lot like, I think it's safe to say, our Jewel. Yeah. Or Jewels. We like to put an S on the end of it for some reason. It's a Chicago thing. Um, And then I shopped. At Walmart. And I shop at Walmart in both states because Mm -hmm. they carry things that the other grocery stores don't carry. So I had receipts from Walmart, Winn-Dixie, and Publix. And then I had receipts from Walmart and Jewel, the Jewels, at home. And I actually was able to do a little comparison because every time I went to the store in the past week and a half, I would come out and I would bellyache about, oh, my gosh, the prices here are exorbitant. Again, we're in Florida. We're in the panhandle of Florida. Yes, it's a tourist town. A couple of comparisons. I told you that I saw bacon literally for $12 a pound. And that was uh, Oscar Mayer bacon. Nothing fancy. It's good, but it's nothing fancy. Uh, and it was twelve dollars a pound. When I left Chicago, I bought it. Get a load of this, eight twenty nine. Buy one get one. Don't you live for a bogo? Publix is known for their <laughs> bogos here, right? Caleb, you're shaking your head. I mean, you go yes, to Publix and yes. you walk in and you're like, oh, it's bogo day, and you got buy things that you never wanted, but you buy them. 
Because they're on sale. Because you compared get one free. to the rest of yes. their yeah. prices. There, and so you say, I've never eaten minestrone soup in my life, but I'm going to buy. But it's a bogo, so I would get one free. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So bacon was a good example. As I said last hour, eggs were actually cheaper here. Eglin eggs, extra large eggs, were mm-hmm. 50 cents cheaper here, all three stores than they were any place I shopped in Chicago. But here's where it gets different. I get it. I gotta hold this up to the light here. <laughs> um, butter was fifty cents more here at Publix. It was comparable Walmart to Chicago, mm-hmm. so it was fifty cents less. So it gives you an idea if you live here, maybe you want to do some staple shopping at Walmart. Uh, also, when it came to fruit, this was shocking. I joked and said that you could buy one orange mm-hmm. for it was like a. Did I say it was a dollar twenty nine or a dollar thirty nine? It was a dollar thirty nine cents. I've got it written down here, and I took this off of my receipts. In Chicago, I bought three oranges at eighty nine cents each. That's a big difference. Yeah. Wow. That's a really big difference. But I could buy a bag of five oranges here at Publix for a mere eight dollars. But in <laughs> Illinois, I would get nine oranges for six dollars. We were talking about it. I think we just. Grow them all here and, and send them there. Up to <laughs> no. I mean, it's a freaking Florida, and you have to pay double for orange juice, practically double for oranges. Lettuce, my receipt shows ninety nine cents a head in Illinois, dollar ninety nine at Publix, a dollar more, a dollar ninety nine at Winn Dixie, ninety nine at Jewel, ninety nine at Mariano's. Mm-hmm. Big difference. Um, apples. I like to make apple butter. Take six pounds of apples to make apple butter. I walked out of uh, Publix the other day. Steve said, did you get your apples to make apple yep. butter? Because I was going to bring you all apple butter, but I'm not paying $21 for six pounds of apples. That's fair. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because th- before I left home, I made five jars of apple butter. I bought six pounds of apples for three ninety nine for three pounds a bag, so that means for eight dollars, mm-hmm. I got my apples. Mm-hmm. And I guess I could go on and on, but here's the upside of it: we did stop to get gas, and gas was exactly two dollars cheaper. cheaper here. I cannot believe the number of gas stations we've driven by where the price for regular gas is in the $2 range like 295 mm-hmm. 287 we haven't seen that forever mm-hmm. i paid for premium gasoline this would have been the first week of october in illinois 565 a gallon premium gasoline and just the other night we paid 365 a yep. gallon so for the 12 gallon that we got, we pay $24 less than we would pay if we were in Illinois. So is it a wash? You get your groceries and you spend $29 more for the same groceries, but your gas is $24 cheaper. Well, I'm going to interrupt you because even with my sunglasses <gasps> on, I can it's see almost. that they're flickering lights. It's almost time. And I'm, I'm starting to hear, do I hear a Zamboni? Yep, yep, I hear the Zamboni in the background. Bob's already cleaning the floor. You're getting ready. So this means it is time for our last call. If you would like yep. to be our last caller, 
312-981-7200. That number again is 312-981-7200. And the last caller means you haven't won anything from anyone at WGN Radio for the past 60 days because we've got some cool prizes we'll give you if you are chosen as our last, last caller. Our first last caller in standard time. Okay, I'm getting confused. <laughs> last hour got away from us, so we did it all over again so we can get a last caller. 312-981-7200 will come back with our last caller here on WGN. But you can't stay here. <laughs> you cannot stay here. And, and once again, for anybody who wonders, <laughs> we are not going to play the rest of that. So if you want to look it up, it's the artist is Red Peters. Mm-hmm. The song is Closing Time. And you will never hear us play all of that song unless well, we're ready to turn WGN into a parking lot. Or take our last paycheck and walk. Well, there's that. <laughs> I thought maybe with the extra hour it was anything goes, no, but not, no, no, not so much. Not so much. Okay. No. All right. Uh, what we do is we take uh, calls if you want to be our last caller. And when we're in studio, we kind of rotate between who gets to pick the number. But since we're not in the studio, we're going to let young Julian make that selection. So once again... The pressure is on you, Julian. It's all oh, This is my favorite part of the day, the pressure. <laughs> yep, yep. And this is the same Julian that said during a commercial break that he thought he was also getting a migraine. So, I, I did for a little bit. I brought it down a little bit. Really? I'm sorry. See, Steve, what you did. Dang it, mm. Steve. Gave yeah. me a migraine. Yeah. My powers are amazing. <laughs> I know. I can say I've been there, done that, but that would be ugly. Uh, so, who are we going with? Uh, well, I think we're going to go with, and this is, I'm not making this up, her name is Corky. Oh, Corky. Corky. Okay. Okay. I think we know a Corky. Hi, Corky. Hello. Hi. Hello. Where are you calling from? Union, Illinois. Union, Illinois. Uh, isn't there some train thing that's there in Union? Some <laughs> museum? Yes, there is. The Illinois Train Museum is here. Yes, yes, yes. So, And, uh, and why are you up at this hour of the morning, particularly with the time change? <laughs> well, that's what I was doing. I was watching it change to 2 o'clock the second time. <laughs> Because you know how to have a good time. Woohoo! Let me me watch the numbers. I was playing Wordle, too, but. Okay. So it was an intelligent. um, Well, never mind. Well, yeah, we're not going with intelligence here. Well, thank you, though, for for staying tuned with us because, you know, this was a whole extra hour for us to get it right finally, right? (laughs) Do you you tune in regularly on Saturday nights? Yes, I do, because I miss you guys horribly. Are you the same Corky that we've had a history with over the years? Um, I think I called you once before. Yeah, and see, we don't have a lot of Corkies, unless you're talking Corky Siegel. Corky Siegel. Blues man, yeah. Corky Siegel, and no, you're obviously no. not him, so... What, what is no, Cor- no, I haven't been him for a long time. <laughs> what, what is uh, Corky short for, or long for? Um, You've forgotten. <laughs> I, you know, I was given a name by my mother's doctor when I was born. Really? Because he, he said I was as clumsy as his puppy, and his puppy's name was 
Albuquerque. Oh, that's nice. That's, that's right. Let's yeah. star a baby. It's Grow yeah, quite an Indiana Jones story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. And you carried it with you all these years, huh? All these years, yes. And you're not really clumsy at all because you're going to prove him wrong. I wouldn't go that far, but I, I take that back. I have I have five brothers and sisters, and I think in the past two years they've all broken a wrist. Oh, gee! I have it. Yeah, nope. good girl. I don't fall down. <laughs> oh, don't jinx! Don't jinx yourself. Whatever you do, please. Uh, I'm knocking on wood for you right now, Corky. Okay, well, I'm knocking too. <laughs> Because and you may be the third Corky I've ever met. Uh, the first being Corky Siegel, yes, uh, incredible blues classical musician. The other one being uh, Corky Casey, who played rhythm guitar with Dwayne Eddy. She was oh. uh, one of the first uh, rock and roll uh, female guitarists. That's right. Cool. I wished. Yeah. <laughs> well, I had a guitar once. And never did figure out even how to do it. Well, that's not easy. I mean, you can laugh if I did that. Believe me, I've got I, them I, all I over the play, house. I learned how to play painted black. What? Oh, well, cool. But that was the only song I ever learned to play. That's not bad, well, though. That was... I thought you were going to say, like, uh, Twinkle Twinkle or something, but no painted no, black. No, it was painted black, yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, if you knew Painted Black, you could play a lot yeah. of other things. Yeah. Okay. And I could play it out of tune real well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's the punk version of Painted Black. <laughs> Definitely. Well, Corky, for being our last caller, you are getting your very own official retro WGN t-shirt, and oh, cool. you're getting... A desktop weather station from American Weather Makers, and these things cool. have become like collectibles because, you know, once you get it, you realize how neat it is to have a desktop weather mm-hmm. station. So you're going to have your very own, and we thank you for being our last caller, but our first caller well, during Standard Time. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> so so hold on, and uh, Julian, Julian will get some information from you off the air. Yep. And thank you very much. And that's how it's done. Yeah. When it's really 1 o'clock going on to 2 o'clock. A quick reminder that uh, next week we will be back with a full show. Yes. We're not going to change any clocks next week. Right. But we'll have a full show and we will introduce you to uh, some very talented friends from the Panhandle, Lucky Mud. Mm-hmm. Mike and Maggie McKinney. Yep. Some incredible musicians. And speaking of music, in a couple of days, we will have the podcast link available for you. So if you missed some of the show, you can listen to the podcast. And along with that, which you will find on our blog, you will find a link to all of the songs that we used as bumps throughout the show, including Tom Appel's choice, Tom's mm-hmm. tunes that we let him yeah. play. Uh, during his segment talking about cars. I want to quickly say, if I got just a couple seconds here, I said I wanted to sneak in a little bit of Christmas since it's officially Christmas season. Yeah. Macy's unveiled the big tree in the walnut room today. Right. And people are so happy about that, as I I am, because Mm -hmm. they're upholding the tradition that Marshall Fields started. Right. And this is like the 116th year for Mm -hmm. the, the, the tree. But people are not happy. Why is that? Because it's pink, mint green, and lavender. 
Where are your real Christmas colors? Red and green and gold and blah, blah, blah. I think I'd kind of be with those people. Oh, it's pretty. It's all, the theme is Candyland. So it's all candies and cupcakes and confections. And you know what? I'll put a picture up on the Stephen Johnny show page on Facebook so you guys can make up your own mind. But it's officially unveiled as of uh, 11 o'clock on Saturday morning. They lit it up. And then Santa's going to be there every Saturday until Christmas weekend. And there's just okay. a few of those left. Okay. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you for uh, hanging out with us. Uh, our thanks to the uh, Assemble Multitude uh, in Chicago and in uh, Panama City. Yeah. To uh, Becca, your first night. Thank you. Of course. <laughs> She's coming back next week. Yep. Yeah. Caleb, as always, we love having you with us. Glad to do it. Glad it's also over. <laughs> <laughs> He's an honest man. Uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> and and Bob, keeper of the big plug. Uh, thank, thank you, Bob. Absolutely. And Julian, thank you. You've had a really long day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's every That's Saturday. <laughs> it's every Saturday. Yeah. He sounds like you're. Yeah. It's like every Saturday. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Gabe, thanks a million. So thank you guys very much for hanging out with us. Uh, again, you can check out our Facebook page. Go to uh, facebook.com slash Steve and Johnny Show. Or check out our blog. That's uh, steveandjohnnyshow.wordpress.com. And next week we'll have a full show. So showtime is 9 o'clock. Yeah. The real 9 o'clock. Standard time. Not, not the phony 9 no. o'clock. Be here. I'm so confused. Okay, we're out of here. Thanks for hanging out with us.